Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Uh, before we get started, let me remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the reuse and distribution of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. This is episode 49, which I, I think I called the hashtag culpability. Um, Got to bury the lead on that, so we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, it's guys' night again, which we don't have any beautiful people here. <laughs> we got it's guys' night. So, what are you guys up to? How are you guys feeling tonight? Good, good, excellent. Yeah, pretty good. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for this one. We're gonna piss everyone off, and that will be yep. very exciting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the patch you got on tonight? I have my uh, the wonderful come and find it. Come and find it. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. all those boating accidents, man. They're just tragic. Well, I mean, the amount of money that they're going to spend in taxpayer, you know, funded scuba diving <laughs> expeditions, <laughs> it's going to be out of control. <laughs> why don't Why don't they just Why don't they just use some of those those drug subs that there they you confiscate? Go. Huh? Yeah, you know. Oh, you because they're reusing them. Fucking government. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got my uh, rebel scum patch on still. I think I didn't get any new ones yet. Yeah, I'm about to order a bunch of new ones. I think. I mean, I saw some cool ones the other day. There was a. Uh, uh, I want to get one of those. Um, um, uh, in case of trouble, grab grab AR, run into the woods. I don't know <laughs> nice. uh, one of those ones for my bag. Yeah, I just spotted uh, a can't stop the signal one in Firefly font, so that's gonna be that's gonna be on the list. That's a good one, Firefly. <laughs> you know they're doing a um a a, a movie a, a prequel movie or something like that to that one or or like 20 years after that or something like that but they're they're doing a, a movie or movie or a book um around firefly that is actually uh with the permission of joss whedon huh see oh. i never watched i never watched that show it's good what what yeah it's fan I... it's it's fantastic until you want to watch season two <laughs> yeah. yeah right that's what i've heard yeah because uh <laughs> if you want to watch season two that's called getting the comic books leaf on the wind and uh, reading yeah. through those, yeah, That's- they did. So, like, it was it was hugely popular, hugely popular. It was like there were like eight episodes in or to a, to a twelve episode season, yeah. And Fox canceled it, of course. So, was there they, too much truth being dropped? There was a lot of food for thought. I don't know if it was too much truth oh, or whatnot, but yeah. there was a lot of food for thought. Oh but, yeah, because it. I mean, you know, it, Mel uh, Malcolm Reynolds, the the pilot, he was part of. It's it's the Wild West in space. So he's a former rebel who fought against the global or the the Galactic Alliance kind of thing, and and they Luke, lost. Yeah, Luke Skywalker that failed. Yeah. Okay. And so, like at one point, he famously says, "May have been the losing side, not convinced it was the wrong one." Mm-hmm. Um, says things like that. He also, I mean, there are a lot of quotes out of that that get quoted a lot by anarchists and <coughs> by. The Liberty Movement because it was very pro Liberty, especially. Curse you and your inevitable betrayal. 
Yeah, that's probably why they shut it. That's probably why they shut it down. But inevitable betrayal. But there was a lot of that. There's a lot of. Um, it turns out that the government was experimenting with chemicals to make people docile and accidentally killed like an entire planet. And like, so there's a lot of anti-government stuff. There's a lot of pro-rebel stuff. Yeah, I mean there's they don't do of, that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of freedom <laughs> stuff. Yeah, exactly. The government never do that to us. Um, and then the can't stop the signal, which has been adopted now by you know the the proponents of what Cody Wilson is trying to do and this idea that once all of this digital stuff is out there. Shame Jewel chimed in. He says, aim to misbehave. Exactly. I aim to misbehave. Um, The, uh, or I'll be in my bunk is another wonderful quote, which isn't really relevant to the Liberty movement, but Hey, you know, um, (laughs) it's, but there's, but there's so much to it. That's so very Liberty minded and very pro freedom. And, if you watch it and then watch um, Serenity, the movie, uh, that's where Can't Stop the Signal comes from, is where to try and get the truth out about the government and what they did to that planet and things. This guy already sent it. So it doesn't matter that the government showed up. You can't stop the signal. Yeah, exactly. It's already, it's already out there, and you're not going to stop it, and the information is going to get disseminated. And that idea has now been taken up by the people who are pro-liberty about the 3D models of guns and things and said, no, you, you can try, but you're never going to stop it. It's already out there. It's already going. <laughs> Shane, yep. Shane, said, Shane says, shoot them politely. <laughs> <laughs> One of That's... my favorites has always been faster. Faster would be better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the... Uh... The show is really good, but you you have to watch the movie also. Yep. the The movie is is Serenity. Uh, and then the the, the, and then the the show, the show's really good. It's it's not it's not too hard to find. Yeah, no, uh, I think they have it on Netflix or something. I don't know. I don't have Netflix. If not Netflix, they did. Amazon Prime. Um, there's there's a lot of them that are out there. Um, that you'll you'll find for mediums, or the DVD is like like fifteen bucks to get the whole yeah. series. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they're out I'm sure they're available on uh, the Tor Network somewhere. Yeah, mm. that's and that's that's the first Joss Whedon series that was very pro freedom that Fox killed. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was Dollhouse. They had to kill off Dollhouse because Dollhouse mm-hmm. was asking a lot of the same questions. Like he came back and he tried to ask a lot of the same questions and. Um, the you know about the morality of certain things and transhumanism and and a lot of questions there and and like he was just making people think and so everyone's like I don't want to think give me more yeah. Simpsons like that was yeah. kinda... <laughs> well people yeah. just want whatever is like mind numbing essentially you know what I mean they don't want to th- have to think too hard they don't want to have to question their own beliefs and shit you know God forbid. Yeah. Well, and you see that with a lot of TV shows. I mean, look at that. That's one of the reasons why Rick and Morty has such an isolated cult following is because it asks a lot of questions about, you know, about if you're that intelligent and you have the ability, but should you and what are the implicate wider implications to the world and to your family and friends and things? Yeah. Well, I always ask that, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like they have shit like um, like CRISPR. Which is like you know the thing that they use for genetic modification. Oh God! Don't get me started on CRISPR today, because 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, that's one of those things, like, just because you can, should you? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you're fucking with, like, something that's, like, naturally, like, in alignment. Yeah, And, and you're th- inserting things that are, like, totally inorganic, like, to the way that na- nature's set up. Yeah. Like, so, like, what makes you, like, God if you believe in God, yeah. you know what I mean, or yeah. whatever. And this, 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 is, this is a perfect segue into the topic that, that we were going to bring up tonight. But... Uh, what you're talking about 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 people people getting single minded people get people get tunnel vision, they get they get very much tunnel vision about the thing that they're obsessed with, like what oh, yeah. what they what they believe, what they what they want to see, what they want to hear, what they want to do. It's very isolated, mentally mentally isolated. Yeah, they they have a they have they have a single minded focus, and if you try to get them to remove the blinders and and to see things that are out of their tunnel out of their comfort zone then you become an enemy of them or they blow up at you or or they 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 flatly flatly refuse to even entertain the idea mm-hmm. that what's in their tunnel might not be right oh yeah and if you point that out man do they freak I just had to deal with one of those today, and that was uh, that was like the Manchurian candidate being questioned is what happened. <laughs> it really was like it. It was so because this guy he he claims to be very pro Second Amendment and things, but the moment that you start to push him on I, the idea that well, but the guns are there to fight against the government and you're i mean how how tyrannical how tyrannical do they have to be before you actually start doing that Mm -hmm. and like because i think they've they've shot straight on past where the founding fathers would have started shooting them so where exactly Uh, is your line here how much more tolerant of tyranny are you 35 40 50 percent that's how much you're paying taxes yeah, and it's like so well, you're paying that much in taxes. You have no fucking freedom. At, when when do you pick up a gun, man? And I'm like, dude, seriously, when do you pick up? And he started like, just like his. I and I'm not even making his sentences stopped being coherent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like as soon as I walked him through logically, his sentences stopped being coherent, and they tried to turn into insults, but they were like a pair of half thought out insults slapped together and things. And like, there's, there's like no coherence, nothing. And none he of it broke from the programming. Sense. He's an MPC, uh-huh. man. Right. There exactly. Right there. You know, keep, they keep redrawn red lines, keep redrawn red lines, keep drawing redrawn red lines. Well, this is my That's whole exactly thing, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here advocating revolution, but at the same time, it's like when, like, what do you just wait for them to come to your door to fucking take your guns and then you start shooting? Like, that? I think it's a little too late then. They won't even it. start shooting then. They, oh, already yeah, took the, they already took people's kids. Yeah. How your, your kid spends, what, six, seven hours, eight hours in school each day and then has yeah. an hour, two hour homework. Right. So that's, that's, let's say that that's eight to 10 hours a day. Eight to ten hours a day that the state has your child, right? You work nine to five or or eight to eight to five or whatever else, right? So mm-hmm. you're there for what 15, 20 minutes after they wake up, and then yep. you go to yeah. work. Yep. And then you come home from work, 
six o'clock because you got commute. They go to bed at nine, so you got what three and a half, four hours. And you think yeah, you can if, undo if that, all of that in three and a half hours? No. And and then how much of that time spent after work is helping your kid do the homework? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And and the beautiful thing about his argument was he I, I accused him of being brainwashed. I said, dude, look, you're you're brainwashed. You're programmed. That's what what you're feeling right now is is cognitive dissonance. Yeah, exactly. What you're feeling is your core values that have been instilled in you are now being questioned. You're realizing that they don't actually line up with each other, nope. and so now you you don't know how to handle it. And his response was, oh, you're just going to throw insults there that I'm a slave, that I'm programmed? And I'm like, and he's like, well, you're a slave. See, I can do it too. And I'm like, well, first of all, that doesn't make any sense. But second of all, <laughs> dude, only one of us had 12 plus years of schooling telling us to believe what we're now espousing. Yeah. So who's who's clearly the, the, the programmed one here? Yeah, exactly. Who's more likely to, to be the one who got told to think this, got told to believe this? So they and you knew. know what's funny? The ones that the ones that don't fall for the programming in school are usually the ones that are seen as like the outcasts, the bad ones, the fucking ones that don't like you know. Oh, oh well, we we, we nope. can't program him. He, there's something wrong with him. Yeah, then they they diagnose. No, there's nothing they, wrong with that person. They fucking diagnose fucking programming. <laughs> diagnosed yeah. with ADD or ADHD or or yeah, anti disestablishment exactly. or uh, um uh the, you know the the defiance disorder. Yeah, authority or, or, defiance disorder or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So and, so what, what what our solution is? We'll just you know hop the kid up on fucking the equivalent of meth and he'll be zombified at his fucking mm -hmm. desk and not move and just we can pump the fucking yeah. They, program that's right that's what there. that's what it is. They they mentally they. Yep. They mentally castrate people yep. that don't go along with the programming. And the scary, the scary reality is that a lot of these parents don't see the equivalent, the direct equivalence between that and what happened to the main character in 1984. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. They learned a lot, like, big brother. Right. Like Not, Stanley, what's Not, happened to Stanley in 1984, they don't see that that's exactly the same thing that's happening to their kid. Mm -hmm. They don't get it. They don't understand it. <laughs> And then when he wins the victory over himself and win and loves Big Brother, they don't understand why that's a tragic ending to the book. Yeah, exactly. Because he's been tortured to the point where he fucking, you know, he just says, "Okay, two plus two equals five. Like, you know, what I mean, it's like it's it's fear, it's fear based, fucking like trauma, trauma based mind control, essentially. Yep. These these <laughs> same parents, these same parents, will champion the founding fathers. They'll champion popcorn sutton right they'll, they'll champion luke skywalker you know katniss aberdeen uh john john wick right they'll 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 champion these people that rebelled against authority and in the same then the next breath tell you to shut up and sit down and be quiet well yeah. you know what I, I you know what i think it is i think that they like they vicariously live through that character but they don't have the mm -hmm. balls enough to fucking actually do it in real life Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, I actually I had a conversation where literally I got told by a guy. Uh, he said, yeah, I understand what you're saying. The founding fathers rebelled, but at least the founding fathers had respect for authority. Excuse me. Oh, and I just Thomas Jefferson would have been considered a fucking terrorist by today's standards with the fucking Declaration of Independence. Well, and I'm like, what do you mean they have respect? What do you mean they have respect for authority? They fucking shot them. What? Exactly. <laughs> Thomas Thomas Paine would be called an anarchist and, and told to move to Somalia. 
Oh, yeah. right? <laughs> Thomas Paine is my favorite founding father. I love Thomas Paine. I think that he was arguably one of the most logically consistent, um, true to his word men of that era. I mean, he and he was eloquent and he was solid. And I see a lot of a lot of a kindred spirit in Thomas Paine between myself and him, um, which is also why he didn't have a lot of friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he was really blunt and very committed to not government and like argued when when the founding fathers then wanted to set up a new government he was like why like what, yeah well patrick doing? henry had the same thing he was like you have no authority to set a government centralized government government up in the name of the fucking people when they didn't voluntarily say that you could yeah exactly and that's <laughs> like the whole point like, was like they fought a fucking tyrannical fucking like the biggest army in the navy in the fucking world to get out from under that and then like everybody was like okay well we should probably just do self-governance and see how that works <laughs> out but these guys were like well we're wealthy landowners and mm-hmm. you know we're gonna fucking create this corporation yeah. right Shane, because... call it a constitution <laughs> Shane, well, Shane, Shane says the amount of revolutions that set up new governments is too damn high yeah exactly I agree completely when you put well, out a house fire, what do you replace it with? And the answer is not a smaller house fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, even if, even if, um, cause it's kind of like human nature, I would say just from a tribal aspect that people have a tendency to collectivize in, in, in terms of, you know, trying to act together in mutual, uh, support and defense, because it's like, you know, it's beneficial to everybody kind of thing. And it might start off voluntary and it might start off with good intentions, but then fucking people that are, you know, sociopaths or whatever, power hungry people get in positions of power and they fucking subvert and corrupt that. We we need a government to protect us from people that are made up of government. We need a government to protect us from people that are made up yeah, of government. Exactly, and and that's exactly yeah, I mean, it's the, way... the cyclical fucking bullshit. <laughs> well, in that conversation I had today, that's exactly the way that went. Was him saying, "Well, but you can't trust people. People are dangerous." Okay, so how about we stop giving them absolute authority to exert force on everyone else? Yeah, and make them less dangerous. <laughs> People yeah. are people are dangerous. You know what we do to dangerous people? We shoot them in the fucking face. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. When I asked him, I was like, "Why are you such a coward?" And he's like, "Why?" Well, I'm like, "Why are you a coward?" And that's what you are. You're a fucking coward. Mm-hmm. You were a coward because you were so terrified of the idea that you might have to take responsibility for the safety of you and yours, the yep. way that you claim that you want to, and you claim that you're capable of. You might actually have to do that in a real world scenario, and that idea scares the shit out of you because deep down. You are a coward. Yeah. Well, see, the whole thing is, is that, like, uh, people are like, you know, oh, well, it's more civilized if we just have the option to call the cops and we don't have to act on our own fucking, you know, uh, you know, defense and everything like that. Because then it's like, oh, well, then I don't, you know, I can be a chicken shit and I don't have to actually, you know, protect myself and I can just call somebody and they'll, they'll run to, you know, help me even though they're probably 15 fucking minutes away at, at the, the least. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they don't, like, make the connection there. Well, and that's and, the irony. Right? And, 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 like, the whole thing is, like, what's more uncivilized? Having a fucking security force that could beat your fucking face in, like, for fucking, you know, an hour, like Kelly Thomas? Or you taking responsibility for your own safety and shooting people in the face, which would be a major fucking deterrent from people actually committing crimes, because if they had the, you know, the 
the idea in their head, okay, well, if I do this, this person's going to fucking kill me. Like, well, right. And that's, or, or whatever. You know what I well, mean? Like, he, there, there's that you know, chance of fucking having retaliation for doing something stupid. Well, and this guy, remember, he's, he, he, yeah, keep going, he is a neocon. So he's very pro borders, right? So he's all, but what about the invaders, meaning the, Im- the immigrants and stuff? And we need a military to protect us from the invaders and everything else. And I'm like, you know, again, if a bunch of people moving into the country are really mean to do you harm, then is it not your personal responsibility to protect yourself and your loved ones? And he's like, but we need to provide for the common defense. And my question was, why? Why? Why, why is common defense a thing that I need to provide for? Why am I obligated to protect you? Why are you obligated if, to protect if, me? If, if you're worried about common defense, why aren't you sending the military to Chicago? Yeah. Exactly. Or well, well, what about <clears throat> that was like one of the bases for the Second Amendment, besides fucking you know encroaching government tyranny, was the fact that they wanted the populace to be the fucking defense force for the nation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, we were never invasion or anything. Army. No, not at all. That's that's the whole thing was we didn't want a standing army so that we couldn't project power, and it was essentially you know we just do uh, peace through commerce kind of thing and just protect the nation. Right. Because if you are, like, look at Switzerland, right? If you are what everybody, every nation depends on for a military power, it, it, even if they want to wage wars, like with Switzerland, they, if you want to wage a war, you need Switzerland to be willing to loan you money. In the 1940s, yep. you need Switzerland. Yep. Right? So Germany doesn't bother with Switzerland. Now, there's some military prowess to that and geographical things and stuff too but geography, geography, geography played a big part of that one yeah don't don't get me wrong there's a lot of that too geography um, and, and topography yeah well yeah no, not we, we won't we won't bring up the fact that we we won't bring up the fact that like they didn't get invaded because that's like the central bankers fucking holdout well no that's exactly my point mm-hmm. though is <laughs> yeah you don't you don't you don't bite like the hand that feeds you would, they were doing business through the uh, Bank of International Settlements with, like, you know, the Allied forces and shit. <coughs> Prescott, Prescott Bush. Yeah, but they were doing they were doing business with everybody, right? So everybody yep. needed them. No one's going to screw with them. The United States was meant to be that kind of thing. It was meant to be such an industrial powerhouse. It makes things for everyone that no one's going to mess with it because if they get cut off, they they lose their military power. Yeah, exactly. That was what we were meant to be, and that was what we were meant to do, and we were meant to not have a standing army, and leading up until Woodrow fucking Wilson, the we had sucker. a standing army of less than 100,000 men. Basically nothing but for national defense, and that was it. Yep. And then after Wilson convinced the country that we needed to get involved in Europe's affairs, which we didn't, <laughs> and now all of a sudden everything changes, and everything's been different ever since. And there's a reason why I love studying World War One, and I love talking about World War One because all of the issues we have now started in World War One and immediately after. All of well, them. if you want, if anybody watching uh, wants to do a little uh, educational study, look up a guy named Colonel Edward Mandel House, and he was one of the biggest um, influencers of Woodrow Wilson. He's he's essentially the guy that got that talked him into getting the United States into world war one. And, uh, he was also the guy that, uh, had the, the genius idea of setting up, um, essentially usury slavery through the fucking, uh, birth certificate, 
you know, deal, how they incorporate people upon birth and everything like that. Um, I have a quote about that. How he talks about how, you know, like they were going to certify people through the birth certificate system and essentially pledge them as collateral against the debt and people wouldn't, wouldn't be any the like wiser that they were slaves. Um, but yeah, he's a real, really interesting guy. He was one of the guys that's behind the scenes pulling a lot of the strings. Um, and I don't know, World War One just in, in and of itself was a horrible loss of life for people in Europe and, you know. And that's for a, essentially nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. I mean, like, like nothing. I, I just, I can't stress that enough how nothing came out of that. Like, yes, did new nations get born and empires fell? Yeah, but that would have happened of natural causes without a war. Yeah. You, you didn't need to, to hasten that. I mean, especially the Austro-Hungarian Empire it was on its way out anyway, but long World before War, that. World War One was mainly, it was, um, a lot of it had to do with breaking up the Ottoman Empire um, because the Rothschilds wanted uh, Palestine which they got through the Balfour Declaration. So there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot that ties into World War One and why it happened. I mean, the, the League of Nations got birthed out of that, and that was essentially like the startup of world government. Oh yeah, it and was. Then they a had World War Two because you know the one world government, the European Union, all of that gets born yep. because of World War One. Yep. No, what I was I, I was actually going to bring up a quote earlier, and, and then we got sidetracked, but. Um, it's from Frank Herbert from Dune. <laughs> you know what author. I'm talking about. Yep. Um, all governments <laughs> suffer recurring problem. Power attracts pathological personalities. It is not that power corrupts, but that it is magnetic to the corruptible. Exactly. Yep. Well, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy uh, Hengeller and I talked about that actually. Um, on, on one of his episodes of Abolition Abstractions, where we talked about uh, both in government and and in the uh, the so-called liberty movement and, and anarchism, people with egos and, and narcissism and oh yeah, it's huge. Um, um, faux faux moral superiority, how they're attracted to anarchism and, and libertarianism because it lets them espouse oh, their espouse their beliefs and and feed their egos by well, yeah, that you can by tell, denouncing uh, people. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. It's it's a whole, like, purity test with those kind of people. Like, oh, well, you're not anarchist enough. Yeah, my I anarchy so much harder than you, bro. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, it's like a dick measuring contest. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like, your, your, your ego it serves a fucking purpose, but don't let it get fucking out of control and control you. You know what I mean? There's, like, that there's, a, difference. there's a difference. Let make it serve you. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. some arrogant motherfuckers in government and in the liberty movement. Well, I mean, you yeah. got to figure their um, their recovering status. So, I mean, they well, yeah. they don't necessarily drop that mentality. It's just like they're con they're converts. Yeah, all they yeah. they they change they they trade parties for economic systems. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, and and this works as a good segue, kind of back into you know into tonight's topic is yeah. You see so many, so many right-wing conservative pro-government people try and become part of the liberty movement and pretend that they are, that they care about liberty, that they care about freedom. And then as soon as 
the push comes to shove, that doesn't happen. They're not on the side of liberty. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as it's a decision of okay, but the government is, you know, literally threatening to shoot people at an imaginary line for daring to cross it, and they're they only want to cross it because they're terrified of the policies that the same government created has has caused these these violent things. All of a sudden, they're on the side of the government. All of a sudden, they want a strong government again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all over again, like it. Like I, it I want, yeah, I want freedom. Well, we should, you know, taxation is theft. Oh, we'll move to Somalia. Yeah, exactly. Or, oh, well, I want freedom and I don't like taxes, but I mean, we need a socialized military and police force. What? what? But that's <laughs> yeah, right. But that's part of the government, man. And like, I, I've literally <laughs> seen these guys <laughs> argue that somehow, miraculously, the police and the military are in fact not part of the government. What? And I, I, I don't... I mean, the police aren't federalized, but I mean, yeah. like, at the same time, they're fucking taxpayer subsidized. I've seen, I've seen that same argument, too, and, you're, and then you gotta bring up, like, schools. Like, teachers are part of the government, too. <laughs> like, they oh, just... They lose seen, their mind. Oh, yeah, I've seen <laughs> arguments that we can't abolish government-run friggin' libraries. Like, but it's still government, man. It's still like, I. <laughs> yeah, because you can't have privately funded libraries, right? Ha oh, yeah, ha hashtag, yeah. Hashtag, hashtag little free library. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but those, they, they don't exist at all. Yeah, <laughs> and the funny thing is, is yeah, that you'll find books in those little libraries. Yeah. Decentralized library. Yeah. But like, I mean, you'll find books in a little library that the the library, the socialized library, won't fucking allow you to see. Oh yeah, tons. I've I've you know thought about like if I ever if I ever get a house in the city, and I hope I don't wind up with a house in the city. But if I ever do that, I'm gonna put out a little free library, and it's gonna be filled with nothing but like anarchist books. Yeah, right. <laughs> everything. I'm gonna get like the Total Twins books and like fill that up for a kids section. Oh yeah. Like just completely make it about liberty, and it the, would just be yeah. Dan, Dan's well, gonna I, Dan's gonna write one called "The Bernstein Bears Throw Commies Out of Helicopters." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? The, uh, yeah, I think it was under the Patriot Act. They they were allowed to like pull your record from the library to see what books you were looking at. Like that's how fucking mm -hmm. like encroaching. Uh, the shit has become like, you yeah. Know, that's why. Like, that's why. That's why it's all. That's why it's all digital. Yeah. Every, everything yep. is digital. Like, even even like your your search history at the library, like the books you look up. That's why you have yep. to like you know like here we have to swipe our library card. Our library card has a barcode on it. We have to swipe our library card through the through the little slot on the computer, and it brings up our search history. Mm -hmm. It's yep. creepy. Like so people everything. wouldn't think that they would, <clears throat> people wouldn't think they would go that far, but they do. <laughs> Absolutely, they it's all about the, it's all about the <laughs> metadata, man. And oh yeah, yeah. And this it, is this is that thing where you look at these right wing conservatives who are like, oh, I'm a three percenter. I'm one of the three percent who fight for freedom. Really? When when is it enough loss of freedom? When is it enough tyranny for you to start fighting? 
because I thoroughly believe that at this point you should be fighting. If you truly believe that you are going to do that, you should be doing it already. Mm-hmm. Well, this, uh. this brings us back around to the whole immigration issue because See, I kind of take a different position than you guys. I'm not saying that I support government borders or anything, but if you if you expand it out to the bigger picture, what's going on is that they're trying to use mass migration as a weapon to fucking collapse the West with the third world. And they're doing that um, essentially to cause a, a lot of different Under- clash of civiliz- clash Under- of civilization. They're trying to balkanize the the Western nations in terms of like you know uh, like the immigrants coming in, forming their own enclaves and things like that. Like you see up in like Dearborn, Michigan, which is like you know Muslim safe haven, you know Somali, little Somalia and, and uh, Minneapolis and other things. And I'm not against people coming into this country, but at the same time, it's like um, when I'm you telling, understand. I'm that, telling you right that now the, that, that I'm telling you right now that those things would not exist. If it wasn't for U.S. foreign intervention. Well, yeah, no. Well, that's the whole thing. I was going to get to that because that's that's the catalyzing uh, event that causes the destabilization, which allows the globalists to use the mass migration as a weapon because they use that as a pretext to say, oh, well, you caused it. So you got to take them in now. You know what I mean? It's all it's all it's a Hegelian dialectic. You know what I mean? It's, it's a you know, what is it? Thesis, synthesis, antithesis. Or problem reaction solution, they cause the problem, and then you know people, you know, say, "Oh, well, you got to let these people in now because you caused the fucking problem." And the government says, "Oh, well, okay, well, we got to let all these people in because you know we caused the problem. We're culpable. We're guilty for all that." Well, so, yeah, I mean, that's that play, that's that, been that, that that's been the design. That's been that's been the program since what sixty eight, um, uh, the Cloud Pivot strategy. Yeah. Well, that's part of it, too, is to, you know, use the welfare system to collapse it and then bring in the socialist government. Hmm. But I, I think Sal, Sal Lewinsky uh, talked about that. But see, you need to realize but, um, that the collapse, you know, and, and I thoroughly believe, uh, as Littlefinger famously said in Game of Thrones, if anybody else is a fan of it, chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. You just need to know where the rung is. Mm-hmm. So if you get the Western governments to collapse if enough people actually want what they should, that's the latter. That's the, well, yeah. the other, the, the other, yeah, the, but other the whole aspect. thing is there's, well, no, the, 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 the big thing that a lot of people overlook when they talk about the collapse and, and the installment of a socialized government, uh, post, you know, post collapse, um, is that most of the people that want a socialized government, will not survive the collapse. The the large the large cities, Chicago, Houston, uh, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, um, Atlanta. Millions and millions and millions of people will die in those cities. So the large urban populations will 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 largely disappear. Well, you don't um, think that's part of the plan? Well, if I don't, I don't. I think it's. I mean, I that think, feeds right into the depopulation agenda. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Agenda Twenty One. That's not Cloud Piven, but um, I don't know if Cloud Piven is part of a Twenty One. I mean, it all kind of ties in when you think about it, because globalism yeah, is essential. It's, it, it's the end goal for what yeah. you know the international socialists wanted was global revolution, mm-hmm. yeah, well, so they could install those... global, global governance. You know, which was socialist. Yeah. 
authoritarianism. Well, yeah, a lot of those socialists will die. In the... Yeah, they will. They'll, they'll <laughs> starve because they won't have anybody to hand them shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing, though. The UN, the UN will be glad to come in and fucking, you know, stabilize yeah, okay, them. Okay, like poses the savior. Hold on, hold on. And and like, who makes up most of the UN? Right? It's the United States. Well, if the United States collapses, number one, the UN is weakened, right? And number two, that would cause a um, a domino effect. Other countries would collapse because the US collapsed. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's well, that's 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 global. That's globalism in a nutshell. Is because there's no there's no way to isolate a crisis, so it goes fucking global. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in two, like in two thousand eight, two thousand eight, the the stock market hiccuped, and it caused a yeah, global, it went global scare. It went global. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. That's what happens. I mean, that that that's. See, it's a complicated issue because it's like I don't fucking support fucking state, you know, enforced borders. But at the same time, in the paradigm we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. it's like you can't have an open border policy with a welfare state because it's just a recipe for disaster. But see, and, it depends on whether you want the government to continue or not, because I'd love to see this shit collapse. I want to see it burn. Well, I mean, a lot of us, a lot of us would. Mm-hmm. Yep, but the, at the same time, it's like well, no, it, um, the the no nobody and nothing can make more anarchists than the oppression of the state. Right? Well, of so, course. So, I mean, so as the state grows, as it gets more oppressive, it creates more anarchists. It creates more people against it. It's 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 in its own death spiral. Well, this right, this right, leads right, right into now, what I yeah. wanted to talk right, about. Yeah, right now it's in its death spiral. So I really well, have yeah. no, I really have no issue with immigration, illegal or otherwise. Um, let them steal from me. I don't pay taxes. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 hard to put into words how, how I really feel about this because. Um, well, I mean, I, you can I, understand I the frustration yeah. for people that do, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. <laughs> do. I absolutely do. And and they have to understand my frustration at um, using borders to suppress people's rights to travel. Right. So I mean, we're we're both frustrated by the government, but yeah. for different but for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, Shane Buell says, if you think about it, global government is only one collapse away from global anarchy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a lot harder to throw down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's always been my argument. No. Um, now, see, the whole thing is is that um, I, I was going to lead this, you know, I was going to use this as a segue to t- bring up the, the Yellow Jacket protests, right? Because a lot of people say, oh, well, it's just about taxation. And it's not. It's not at all. Because I, 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 I watched a fucking interview with a guy from France last night. And he it's was spread, saying it's that, spread. It's spread beyond France. Oh, yeah, oh, I know that. It, it's, it's, in the Bel- it's in Belgium, Netherlands. I think it's heading over to the UK, Spain, a mm-hmm. um, whole bunch of different countries. But, I mean, it, these are essentially nationalist movements. I mean, in a sense, because it's a lot of, the, a lot of these people are you know, middle-class, tax-paying people that are feeling the fucking burden of mass migration, taxation. Uh, the central bankers running the co- countries through the government. Um, and all these, all these different things that we're all feeling globally. Yeah, all, you know but I mean? all in these the, in the in the West, 
all these protests as much as as much as I enjoy them, as much as I like the memes, as much as I like the that 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 the guillotine in the in the in the square there, like as much as I love that, they're still political movements. Right? They're they're not trying to eliminate government. They're not trying they're not really about freedom. They're about re, they're about reformation. They're about reforming government into something that they like. Right. Well, yeah, because so I mean, they're... people are scared shitless of the unknown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got to figure that. Well, they and don't it's... know any other way. They're they're guy foxing. That's that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and it's you know, and and that's the thing is what what people need to understand. What need, they need to realize one is that yes, this is not about getting rid of government. This is about replacing government. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, that. I think that anybody who's pro-liberty, who's in, in those countries, who's in France, who's in Belgium, who's in any of these places that these protests are developing and happening, what they need to take advantage of is that people are already dissatisfied mm-hmm. with government. They already don't like it. And they're saying, I'd rather have this government. What you need to do is get vocal. You need to push and say, yeah, I don't like government either, but why replace it? Why don't we just let things be us? Because can't we just decide things better? Because remember, all this mass migration, this wasn't the choice of the migrants, right? It's not like these migrants showed up at the borders of the EU. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was, there was no natural organic movement. Right. They got shipped there. That was still government. They got, they got shipped there because their houses were destroyed right their their government no, at home i don't i don't i i don't they're, think a lot of that i mean yeah like syrians yeah. and things like that but there was a lot of people from africa that just took advantage of the situation and went through you mean libya like, after they collapsed libya because yeah, like, even gaddafi said hey if you if you take me out i'm the doorway to europe and the fucking your you know europe's gonna get flooded with migrants yeah and, and there's gonna uh, be again, fucking again, escalation like, of terrorism who who collapsed <laughs> who collapsed libya yeah, yeah, well, that was fucking, you know, uh-huh. Hillary Clinton and Obama. Yeah. So again, and she again, laughed about going... killing Gaddafi. Yeah, and now they have open. <laughs> but that, you no, know, but that, this is this is whole. This this plays into the whole globalism strategy. Is that they collapse Libya for a fucking reason mm-hmm. to open the door for mass migration to go into Europe so that they could implement the Kalergi plan, which is to essentially wipe out white yes west or you know white. Western Europeans, essentially, because, you know, the Kalergi plan has been around since the 1920s about how they were going to they're talking about how they were going to get rid of the white race, essentially, by breeding them out, by flooding them with like migration. The Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and Soros and the Clintons. Yeah, they're white Europeans also. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I know. And, and and like Joe Biden's a white European mm-hmm. descendant, too. And he said that, you know, oh, we need you know, endless stream of mass migration. He's like, you know, fucking touted the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, white white people were going to be in the minority for the first time in history in the United States and all that stuff. And not that I'm like, you know, a white supremacist or anything, but it's like, like, when do you like stand up for, you know, your people not being wiped out? Like <laughs> you're like essentially <laughs> same you know, facing same. people that want want you to be like fucking eradicated from the face of the earth, and it's like, well, you know, they should have stood up. Okay, do I just do? They should they should have stood up fifty fucking years ago, seventy years oh, ago, well, of hundred years ago. 
right? They, but that's they, what a lot of these Europeans are getting pissed off about is that like they know mm-hmm. that they're essentially being replaced, and they're like, "This is our fucking country." Like, no, we're not going to let this happen. And that's like kind of what drove them over the edge is that like you know they they understand what's going on now, and they're rejecting globalism. But see, that's the whole thing is like we were talking about. They want to they want to go back to nationalism, but that that's just taking a step backwards. That's yep. not fucking taking it all the fucking way back to decentralization, yep. which is actually, what they should be doing. You're all you're doing is you're stepping back with with nationalism. You're stepping back to guess when World War fucking one. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. all the farther back you're going. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was actually making memes before the show. I was doing some quotes for from Ben's book, um, and one of the ones I did it's a quote: "We wish the bulk of humanity would not have allowed itself to become content in its own captivity, while forcing the captivity on the rest of us. We wish those talented in the ways of self defense and endowment, or endowed with the independent warrior spirit, had stood up and crushed the state and its supporters before the state had the opportunity to systematically dumb them down to the point that so few are left." That can still think and fight. Yeah, right. Oh. Well, that goes right into the whole fucking uh, social engineering and like putting chemicals mm-hmm. in the food and water and things yeah. like that to make people docile and essentially oh. uh, chemically cra- castrate fucking oh. the males yep. um, so that they have no warrior fighting that, fucking spirit to stand up for themselves. That's going to lead in. That's going to, that leads right back into the stuff that, that I wanted to bring up that culpability and and calling out the 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 three percent patriot movement um that that andrew and i talked about the other day in the telegram chat so yeah it, it all it all circles back it's it's yeah it's connected it's crazy but <laughs> <laughs> our, <laughs> yeah. our, our conversations always come back full circle well yeah and it's because oh. everything's connected nothing anything that you think is an independent, isolated thing, isn't? Yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. yeah. It's when you look at the big, bigger connected. picture at all, yeah. And it's you know, and and that's the thing is is castrating the castrating the male, right? I mean, both literally uh, and culturally has led to a lot of what we see now out of the three percenter movement, where you have guys who will talk a huge fucking game about being these warriors and they will buy all this tactical bullshit and everything else <laughs> by <laughs> by by night vision goggles and never take a night shooting glass right exactly <laughs> they have no idea how to use them they have no idea how to use anything they even if they do let's say they do they take a bunch of classes whatever maybe they do com- competitive shooting so they understand how to shoot under pressure which is very similar to combat. I mean, it's not direct corollary, but it, it's very close. Um, doing that, you know, you are arguably prepping yourself for combat. And then you you never well, do anything with it. You, that, that's yes, as far as it goes. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's all, all, all of it is like a projection and posturing. It's like if you're really a fucking badass that's like down to fucking make shit happen, you're not going to talk about it. You're going to fucking just do it. Exactly. That's why I laugh so hard when I, I bring this up to these threepers and then they're like, well, what are you doing to, to, you know, fight the state? But do you really think I'm going to throw that on social media and put that in public at, at all ever? Are you under the impression yeah, no. that I'm suicidal? 
What? What? No. It's like, motherfucker, have you ever read Sun Tzu? Art of War? Yeah, like, no. It's... <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and tell them. Let your plans be as dark as night, right? Yeah. Or gorilla, oh. what is it, Mao's Guerrilla Warfare? I mean, come on now. There's something yeah. you can talk about. It's, but, uh, it's so well, obvious. They stole that from like the Revolutionary War. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. guerrilla warfare really it stemmed out of the Revolutionary War. Uh, it extended before that's what, that that's from the Native I'll... Americans. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they, they learned that tactic from the Native Americans and then implemented it against the British Empire. Well, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's like because they realized that that worked because it's like it's like decentralized warfare. That that and the uh, the rifled cartridge like that yeah. was it. That was a huge. Well, I mean, who's dumb enough? Like when you're fucking facing somebody that can just throw bodies at you, you're gonna you're not gonna line up in a fucking battlefield and go fucking shot for shot. Like that's just dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're gonna sneak <laughs> right. attack people, you're gonna ambush them, you're gonna fucking do whatever you got to do to get. And this is like a war of attrition, and over time you wear them the fuck down until they just give up. Like the Vietnam War, like they used that tactic against us. What's the what's the, what's the ratio that is suggested or the ratio that is needed? to defeat an embedded enemy what is it like seven to one and yeah something like that something like that like yeah it's a between seven and one and nine to one something like that yeah but yeah it, it generally once you hit that ratio you're undefeatable unless the enemy has some sort of extenuating circumstance some sort of a force multiplier weapon well, yeah, exactly. yeah. force multiplier exists that's why it exists is because it takes your one and it makes your one the equivalent of mm-hmm. X amount. And then yeah. therefore that seven to one ratio isn't achieved anymore. That's why, that's why special forces exist. Exactly. Because we multiply that force. Mm-hmm. We yep. change it. And yep. because we can create a new force. Yeah. My dad taught me all about that shit. Yep. Um, Hashtag pocket nuke. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, uh, what was I going to say? The, um yeah i mean the 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 fighting force that is in the home country or wherever like they're the native Mm -hmm. population is way harder to defeat than the person that's doing the invading because the person that's doing the invading needs supply lines they need all kinds of shit to make the fucking Mm -hmm. machine run there's what there's people that are like know that they know the terrain they know fucking you know the ins and outs of where they are they fucking you know they don't need supply lines because they're rooted there there's what i mean they do need supply lines but i mean it's it's all there's what like like a hundred million firearms owners in the united states something like that right yeah Um, like that yeah it's it's close to a hundred million own in the united states we actually own almost 900 million firearms almost a million almost a million firearms it's like what is it what what was that like 46 or 47 percent of the world's civilian ownership firearms are in the United States? Yeah, we yeah, yeah. the United States it's like, on its own average United of like eight guns per person. Yeah, eight. Oh. You got to bump those <laughs> numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Right? So, so but, no, the, the average the average ownership or the the ownership of civilian firearms in the United States is enough to total the next twenty four of the top twenty five civilian gun ownership countries mm-hmm. combined. Yeah, and then there's mm-hmm. there's what three. Three, three to four million people that have military training. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Something, something like that. Maybe, maybe another half a million that 
actually know how to use their firearm and, and can use it for more than just shooting at paper targets. And that's that's not including all the people that can hunt. That's not including all the people that can, you know, that 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 can sit in a stand and and make accurate shots at a distance. So and we're yeah, so I mean, you're not going to be sitting in you're not going to be sitting in a booth at a fucking firing range uh, when yeah. you know shit hits the fucking fan. You're going to be like on the move, or you're going to be fucking like you know in some situation. Number one, number number one, number one, sitting at a booth, ideal... sitting in the range, shooting at a paper target. <laughs> that's not training. That's shooting. No. Yeah. yeah, that's just shooting, and so, that's important. Don't discount that because that that teaches you about your firearm, about basics of ballistics. There are things, yeah, yeah. that it does teach you, but that's that's milk. There's a point where you need to stop being a baby and move on to meat, yeah. which is shooting on the move, shooting under yep. duress, those kinds of things. Yep. So, so yeah, that's that's what really like makes you proficient because it's like. It's not going to be an ideal situation, like at all. Anytime you're in the fucking, you know, in the middle of combat, yeah, yeah it's like so, you got to work yeah. with what you're fucking dealing with. So realistically, the United States government civilians could be what three and a half, four, maybe four, maybe just over four million people that can realistically handle the firearm in a combat situation. Oh yeah, and then that number would grow as the combat continues. As as, as continues, like yeah. more people, more people get combat experience. Absolutely. So where we're so like we need a standing army of what what's what's the what's the military like three hundred million or three hundred thousand people or something like that. Yeah, something uh, like that. The military, if you factor in all reserves, and I want to say like one point five billion. So oh, one point really? five million. So 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 realistic civilian combat capable it's like 10 to 1 yeah it's it's like it's like four and a half to one or or somewhere in that neighborhood like three, three to one four to one and then that, that neighborhood right so realistically if the 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 three percent really wanted to start a little revolution the united states government wouldn't really stand a chance they wouldn't, but they do because, and they know they do, because the three percent also wear thin blue line stickers. They worship the police. They worship the military. They don't want to actually shoot at these people ever. And you know what? That's that in and of itself isn't all that different than the American Revolution, right? Seventeen seventy six. A lot of these founding fathers either served in the British military, or at least like were friends with British military officers, and they they didn't want. To fight these guys, they didn't want to to actually have to shoot these people, but they but, saw no alternative, and they didn't shirk from mm -hmm. their duty to their fellow man to go. No, freedom matters more. Yes, yes, and and we'll we'll get to that. I want to I want to first we we got to we got to do a little background first before we get to the other article, um, and then that is where we'll jump off on the next conversation. Uh, Andrew and I talked about this. Um, Ammon Bundy, you guys remember him from from the Bundy standoff. He's, uh, um, uh, what's the freaking dad's name? Cliven Bundy's. He's one of Cliven. I think it's Cliven Bundy's old, eldest son, mm -hmm. Ammon Bundy. Um, yep. You guys, I know you saw him in the videos and and um, all that good stuff. He was also part of the group that took over the 
the Maller Wildlife Center in Oregon. Yep. Um. So, Ammon. Okay. Uh. The the article the article is titled "Militia Leader Ammon Bundy Criticizes Donald Trump's Rhetoric on Immigrants." Quote: "It's all fear based." Uh. This is this is from Newsweek, uh, November twenty eighth. Um, an anti-government militia leader, which is lie, 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 uh, who has led armed standoffs against the government, lashed out at Do- President Donald Trump on for his rhetoric uh, about immigrants. Quote, he basically called them all criminals and said they're not coming in here. It seems that there's been a group stereotype, Ammon said in a 17-minute video published on Facebook. Quote, but what? What about all these that have come here for reasons of need? What about the fathers, the mothers, the children who have come here and are willing to go through the process to apply for asylum so they can come into this country and benefit from not having to be oppressed continually by criminals? It's all fear-based, and frankly, it's based upon selfishness. I'm going to lose something by them coming in, he said of the anti-immigrant statements. Uh, I think that's just incorrect, but also to base your arguments or motives or your actions upon fear is also a very dangerous thing to do. Um, he said his his sentiments were motivated by his duty as a citizen of the U.S., which he called a, quote, Christian nation. Quote, I have been frankly surprised, disappointed, and even at times disgusted by the amount of people who profess to be Christians but are not willing or not truly adhere to what Christ said. Um, Bundy's statements aligned with messages from humanitarian immigration organizations who have noted that those who seek refuge in the United States are often fleeing prosecution, violence, political corruption, economic insecurity. Uh, and then there was one more quote. Um, what was the other quote? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't find the quote. But basically, basically what what he said in the seventeen minute vi- vi- minute video, uh, which has now since been deleted because he took down all of his social media, uh, which I'll talk about in the next article. Um, basically, what he did is is he called Trump out on Trump's fear mongering and the political rights fear mongering, anti immigrants fear mongering. Right. So that that's the that's the backstory. Um. It's very, it's very logically consistent with the Constitution um, and and his stances from before, um, as both as both as a Christian and as a constitutionalist. Um, what Ammon said doesn't surprise me, coming from Ammon. Yeah, no, it, it lines right up with everything he said, and I think a lot of a lot of his it's fear based thing. Remember, this guy has proven that you don't need to be afraid of the government because he's fought them and he's won. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Yeah. So <laughs> Well, yeah. let me ask it let me ask this question. How does it constitutionally line up? Like Well he cons- it, Sorry, go ahead. Well the, the Constitution doesn't really have jack shit to say about immigration. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are or the Constitution is the rules of the game, the Bill of Rights is supposed to be a restraining order against government. Right. The The Bill of Rights, remember, the Bill of Rights never says that it's only for American citizens because it's based on the idea that your rights are endowed by your creator, creator. yeah, and are inalienable. You cannot take them away. And they exist whether the government acknowledges them or not. That's mm-hmm. the idea. 
The problem is that a lot of these idiots want to sit here and pretend that they only apply to United States citizens and ignore the fact that if they're endowed by your creator, does that mean they didn't exist until the Constitution was written in 1789? Like, so in 1776, they didn't have these rights? It wasn't for another 13 years? Is that what you're telling me? Like, no. No, that doesn't make a look of damn sense. So, That's... Uh, yeah, so... Well, I, I, see, this is how I see it, because we're under the jurisdiction of the government, so therefore it applies only to us. Well, no, as citizens. The Constitution does apply to us, yes. The rights that are outlined in the Bill of Rights uh, are ours uh, naturally and, and doubted us by our creator or, or you know, God is, as Ammon would, Ammon would apply it to. The Bill of Rights doesn't give us anything. It's written as a restraining order against government. Well, yeah, for right? the citizens under the jurisdiction, though. No, right, but it's the the Bill of Rights <laughs> has nothing to do with telling citizens you're only allowed to do this. The Bill of Rights is saying you have these rights as a person, as a human being, a person who was born, regardless of where you were born or when or anything, by nature of your humanity. You have the following rights, and we are naming them. They exist whether they're named or not, but we're naming them because by naming them, we will stop the government. That's the idea. It didn't work, Mm -hmm. but we will stop the government from infringing on these things that you have, whether government wants to admit it or not. And they're not saying the United States government. They're saying government, period, doesn't get to say you don't have these rights. Yeah. And, and, Taking that the anarcho standpoint on it, it there are words on paper. The government has no authority over another person anyway. No authority over arbitrary lines in the sand that they, they dictate. So all right, so now let, let's this is this is the article that I really wanted to bring up, um, and the one that spawned Andrew and I's conversation. Um this is this is from uh Newsweek also. This is December seventh, so this is the other day. So this is 10 days after his Facebook video. Uh, Militia leader Ammon Bundy quits the Patriot movement after criticizing Trump's rhetoric on immigrants. Um, Ammon Bundy amassed hundreds of supporters after he and his family led standoffs against the United States government. However, Bundy saw that support weaned when he criticized Donald Tr- President Donald Trump, prompting him to quit, quote, the Patriot movement. Bundy garnered national attention in 2014 when his father, Cliven, led a standoff against BLM, unpaid grazing fees. He became leader of the Northern Militia Movement in 2016 uh, during the occupation of the Mallory National Wildlife Refuge. Uh, Bundy, a central figure in the anti-government, poli- anti-government militia movement, again, lie, 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 recently criticized Trump's rhetoric toward the, uh, the migrant caravan at America's southern border. Following the sharing of his opinions, which... Uh, surprised his supporters, Bundy told Buzz, BuzzFeed News that he was the instant target of major backlash. Some wished he was dead, some wished they had never supported his family during the standoffs, and others claimed he was paid to switch political sides. While Bundy expected to get some pushback, he thought he could explain to critics why he took the position that he did. However, his speculation that people had aligned with him for reasons other than his principles weren't really listened to, weren't really, weren't really listening was confirmed by the backlash she received. Quote, it's like being in a room full of people in here, trying to teach and no one is listening. 
the vast majority seemed to hang on to what seemed like hate and fear and almost warmongering. And I don't want to associate myself with warmongers. On Tuesday, uh, Bundy shut down his social media accounts and said he was stepping out of the public spotlight after seeing the militia movement's opposition to migrant caravan and blind support for Trump. Bundy also decided to leave, quote, the Patriot movement. Uh, he was once seen as spearheading. Yeah. Uh, I posted this. Um, I posted the first one. I posted the, the, the second one also on on Wolf. Um and there was a lot of hate. Like people called him all sorts of things, like things that I'm not going to repeat here because I'm I'm not that kind of person. But um, the amount of hate, the amount of logical and moral inconsistency that came from the the three percent patriot movement in regards to Bundy's use of his opinion of his free speech. Um, I I guessed it was coming but like even the amount of it surprised well, yeah. me yeah i mean it's uncalled for i mean it, just because you disagree with someone it doesn't mean that they, you gotta call, they for call, fucking death. They call for his death yeah that's they what i mean that's uh, that's getting that's get, get a little that's that's called that's getting a little fucking extreme but at the same time it's like my argument is like okay well this isn't an organic migration at all it's all fucking engineered and funded because people don't just walk 1200 miles or however many miles in you know one direction without mm -hmm. assistance and there's people hey. embedded within this caravan doing citizen journalism or you know like activist journalism trying to get to the bottom of what's going on and there's groups like the open society foundation there's other uh jewish lobby groups that are funding this mass mm -hmm. migration um because it's you know they, they all support open borders and it's all being engineered so it's like from Certain people's standpoint, they're like, well, you know, the only thing that we can oh. do to combat this, you know, engineered, essentially, quote unquote, an invasion is to send the military down there. Now, I don't agree with that. I mean, if people want to voluntarily fucking guard the border, then, hey, you know, what what, what can I do to stop them? You know what I mean? <laughs> if like, if, if, but if they're, it's they're their government fucking, borders. If, if it's their, no, but yeah. if it's their if it's their property and it's on the border, I have no problem with them. Fucking that's private property. It. Yeah, if they want to, yeah. that's they not government their property. Own private property. They're already on the border. They can go for it. But it's no. This is remember up until literally up until 1896, and then another uh, bill that was passed later. The United States had open borders. Most of my family is only in the United States because we had open borders. They migrated more than 1,200 miles to get here of their own volition and on their own. They fought like hell, and they took the shittiest jobs, and they worked the shittiest things they could, and they lived in the worst conditions they could possibly have ever lived in, even considering the conditions in Ireland at the time, solely because they had a chance, maybe eventually, of working their way towards a better life. Yeah, but that was organic. That was organic migration. You know what I mean? My my ancestors came over here in the early 20th century from Poland and Austria and uh, Italy and Sicily, and like you know what I mean. That was all organic. But that was a mass migration, the same as this is. That was huge. Uh, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people moving here from every part of Europe, from all over the world. You have people coming here from. 
Spain, you have people from Portugal, Germany, Sweden. That, that was organic mass migration, though. I mean, it's not like okay. you had like 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 groups like the Open right. Society Foundation funding and like assisting these people because the journalists that were embedded with them were saying that there's like there's medical fucking you know they have like medical uh, areas set up yeah, for there's, these mi- migrants. There's there's there's, no, there's, there's like there, you know, there's no doubt that there's no doubt that it was planned. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt. I I have I have no doubt that it was absolutely planned and funded. Absolutely not. But my stance on it comes from an anarcho standpoint, not from a government standpoint. The government borders should not exist. Number one, absolutely. I do not support the government. I do not believe in the government. The government borders do not exist. Number two, these people have the right to travel. That is a right that is bestowed in them naturally. Uh, or by God, or or the universe, or the great spaghetti flying spaghetti monster, or whoever. Number two, for again from an anarcho standpoint, um, voting doesn't matter. If these people, if these people come here and they vote socialist, it doesn't matter. If people, these people come here and they vote conservative, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Because either voting. Either, either voting doesn't matter, as, as I believe it does not, or voting does matter, and every person that votes has a culpability and the oppression of uh, the, the, the tyranny of the government. Exactly. So, so what what so do does does voting not matter uh, or does voting matter? That's that's really what it comes down to. And if voting matters, where does the line of moral culpability end? Well, I wouldn't exactly agree with flooding the country with people that are going to vote for a socialist oppressive government like the one that they just fled from. Why, <laughs> you know why, I mean? like, why, how much does the voting matter if there's how much hold on hold on hold on hold on how much would really change by 1500 people flooding into California to so- vote socialist? Realistically, it's, how much it's how made much a huge changes. difference. And not mean, you, in California. You, well, you look at if you look at the the not, electoral not, or no. not the electoral map, but like no, voting but districts in areas that have been um, essentially, you know, the, engineered. No, the the Republican with, uh, Party. The Republican Party is dead in California. It has it has been for the last twenty years, and it will continue to be. It's long dead. It's long well, dead is, in California. It, it, is it is it dead because of the fact that the cities run things like in New York, you know, New York State that the the uh, you know New York City votes Democrat, so the whole entire state has to be Democrat when a majority of the rest of the state votes Republican. Yeah, it's, pop- you know it's I mean? population. That, that's, that's... It's population density. Same in California. Yeah. The same in the same in Illinois. The same in New so York. The same ge- in New Jersey. I'd but, say geographically, in terms of like but you know, even even if taking population out of it. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter in California, right? Whether fifty-one percent vote socialist or eighty-five percent vote socialist, it doesn't change the laws in California. It doesn't change who's in charge, right? It doesn't change who California's electoral votes go to, electoral college votes go to, right? And and if it and if voting actually does matter. This this is what I, this is really what I wanted to get down to, and if if voting really does matter, 
where does the line of moral culpability end? Right? Do we blame the immigrants? Or do we blame the people that voted for police and military? Do we blame the pe people that voted for the the bond measure on, on the new the new stadium? Do we blame the people that voted for the liberals? Do we blame the people that voted for the conservatives that turn out to be liberals? Do we blame the people that voted for Trump? Like, where does the line of moral moral culpability? Well, from a, from an from an anarcho standpoint, anybody that you know um, casts a vote for government is culpable. If voting actually matters, well, it does because I mean, if, if you if, look, if no, you if you if you look at what the Democrats have said, they said that they need they depend voting, on illegal if immigration. Matters, if voting matters, why does the Libertarian Party exist? Exactly, because it's like the alternative to neoconservatism, essentially. Not, because it's not the an Republican alternative. Party failed. It's not an alternative because they will they will never reach an office higher than. What like a local magistrate? Like they they will never reach any any power right. in a system that is absolutely designed to keep third parties out of out of out of office. And if you vote to not quote unquote waste mm -hmm. your vote, then you're not really voting anymore, are you? You're just going with the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not actually. Well, your voice well see, th this is this is this is the one thing that like I wanted to bring up was that like you know Democrats have like flat out said that they depend on illegal immigration in order to keep the fucking party afloat. So uh, I mean, the, at, at some again, point, the voting has to matter to some degree if well, that's what they're saying. Even if it even if it does even if it does, and say they they do vote socialist, so they somehow become responsible for taxes going up. Again. Going back to it, where does the line of moral culpability end? The people that vote for more police, the people that vote for the bond measure, the people that vote for the new school, like where like those people are costing me more money too because the taxes are going up to support what what they want, what the three percenters want, what the patriots, supposed patriots want, the the supposed independents want. Right. Like, yeah, your taxes who, are gonna who, go who, up regardless. Like who get who get why why do illegal immigrants get so much blame? When there's all these other socialist programs that are supported by the quote patriot three percent or supported by the the anti-immigration liberals, um, why 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 do these people get a pass on the culpability, but the immigrants don't? Exactly. Well, I, I don't give like I don't give the immigrants a pass either. You know what I mean? I don't give any of those fucking people a pass. <laughs> Because I mean, like, like I said, it's universal. If you fucking, if you're voting for well, government, okay. I mean, it, to a degree, one degree or another, you're voting for socialism. What changes? Whether it's conservative socialism or it's liberal we, we socialism. Can, hold on. Let, let's let's take this. Let's take this one step far. Let's 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 go one step farther and go to only individuals act. Which one of these immigrants is coming to your door and taking your money? So none of them. So how are they affecting you, right? Which one? Which one of those librarians is coming to your door and taking their money, right? Well, none of them. Which one of the teachers are coming? Poor people to come take my money, though. But <laughs> you can't give someone else. You can't give. You can't give people rights that that you don't have. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but at the same time, while government does exist, they can. Government you know, you does you gov utilize that to government is a belief no different than religion, right? I understand that. 
So but there is a reality that like it does exist. Like even though like morally and well, absolutely, know, absolutely, the whole thing of like you know paper, mm-hmm. you know it being on paper doesn't mean shit. Absolutely, but, but in reality, but again, it does again, exist. So again, only individuals <laughs> act, right? Like we all we all have self autonomy. We all have self ownership. So again, only individuals act. So how does people crossing an imaginary line that shouldn't exist affect us? It doesn't affect us. The the blame lies with the people that act. Right? There, there's no such thing as just doing my job. Like that that is that is a cop out. We learned that at the, the Nuremberg trials, right? With with the freaking Nazis. So I don't know. I just like I, I just I can't. I understand what you're saying. I understand your frustration. I understand your anger, but I think your your anger is misplaced. I I think I believe that your anger should lie with the people that are actually affecting your life, and not with the people that are scapegoated for the people that actually affect your life. And and I believe it's it's not just you. Uh, that's that's the three percenters. That's the the patriot movement. That's the the liberals, the socialists, etc., etc., etc. All right. Well, what comes along with the illegal immigration factor, though? I mean, you got to figure like, look at what happened with Cuba when they just like released like all the people from the mental institutions and the prisons and just let them flood the fucking you know United States. It's again, like they, again, like other governments those, take those op- people, take take advantage people, of that kind of thing. Those people would not be an issue. If the government got out of the way, Cuba wouldn't even have been communist in the first place if the government mm-hmm. had. Been mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but, in the first place. I mean, that's that's hypothetical. That's that's not like reality based. I mean, it does exist and it did exist, and that's why it happened. So, so okay, hold on. We got some comments. Brett, <laughs> uh, Brett, Go- Brett Goff says every voter, regardless of party, should be held culpable. Uh, I disagree. Exactly. I, I disagree because me standing here shouting, give me money, give me money, give me money. Doesn't make me responsible. If somebody gives somebody robs somebody and gives me money, the person that robbed the person, like that's, that's who to blame. Not me standing here shouting, give me money. Yeah. And but then, well, that, that person's culpable. That's doing the act, but the people that endorse it, I would see say are, are just as culpable. I say they're culpable. I don't know if they're just as culpable, but yeah. there's, responsible uh and then ellis beer says voting is consent whether or whether it matters in the way of the voter believes it does or not again i disagree a vote a vote is a check mark it's 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 a check mark on a piece of paper it's a little it's a little x on a square it's it's the same as a voice a voice doesn't matter uh they they in no way affect a person's life actions affect people's lives Right. I mean, it's not it's not the illegal immigrant that is stealing from your paycheck. It's the IRS. It's the police that enforce it. It's not it's 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 not the the illegal immigrants that are stealing from you any more than it is the school teacher or the fireman or the librarian or the or the the, the doctor with the, the serving the little girl on Medicare. Like these people well, are well, these this, people are not stealing from you. Well, it's it's more nuanced than that because I would say that the IRS and those people that are in the enforcers that are doing the stealing are very much so culpable. Mm-hmm. But but where does that time, where does the line of mul- same, where does the line of culpability end then? But at the same time, if there wasn't that demand for redistribution, 
and people, you know, applying for those programs and putting such a heavy burden on them, then mm-hmm. the burden wouldn't be as drastic as it would be if it wasn't there. You know what I mean? Again, Oliver's standing there with the little bowl. More soup, please, sir. That's it's. He's not stealing soup. He's. It's just. He's just asking for it. I mean, that's not. He's. He's not the one like dispensing the soup. Yeah, but that would be somebody voluntarily giving out of their own charity instead of it being forcefully redistributed. Well, so and and my question, my question, Jason, to you then is, then do you not hold Adolf Hitler and? Um, Goering and Goebbels and Himmler and their ilk responsible for what happened during World War II. Um, that that's a, a, again that that that's a gray area for me. Um, that's like that's like me comparing it to the politicians. I mean, the, after the, all, the, Adolf the Hitler here. didn't necessarily kill anyone. Uh, we don't know that. <laughs> Well, well, Adolf Hitler, Hitler know that. Didn't well, he wasn't get. Yeah, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. You know, uh, oh, and, lining yeah. people up and and shooting them himself. So, <laughs> I, I technically, agree. I, I agree. Technically, <laughs> technically, technically, nobody. If nobody followed Hitler's orders, what would Hitler have been? Yeah, he'd exactly. Have, he'd, have, he'd have been Ron Paul. He'd have been sitting there doing nothing. Well, that that goes right back to the demand for. Mm-hmm. But you it, know what I mean? it if there wasn't that demand. <laughs> then it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and and like there, there's there's an argument to be made about the culpability of teachers. I, I just I just want to spit this out there, like you know, um, the the indoctrination that that they give our youth. Like, oh yeah. There's there, there's an argument to be made. So why aren't three percenters out there rounding up teachers and shooting them? Because huh. <laughs> that just seems like totally ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like when you put it in that context. I mean, not in that context. I mean, that makes sense in that context. I would, obviously. I would argue. But I would argue at the same time, teachers, I would argue that teachers are more responsible, more responsible for for socialism than illegal immigrants. Oh yeah, they're absolutely, ultimately the reason for it. I mean, really, they oh, yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they're the implementers. I think that they're not, um, they're not seeing the bigger picture. They they just <laughs> see it as okay. I'm doing my job, like the cops. You know what I mean? They don't they don't understand the bigger picture that they're implementing a, um, you know, programming strategy through indoctrination. They think that like, oh, I'm well, I'm teaching the kids. You know what I mean? Like they don't look at it like, okay, well, I'm I'm fucking indoctrinating these kids with socialism and I'm helping to dumb down the fucking future generations because if they saw it that way, they'd probably quit their fucking job. That same same line of thinking, that same mindset can be applied to. The military, to the police, to the politicians, yeah, exactly. to Hitler, exactly. to the Nazis, to everybody. Right. I mean, you you can't like look at it this way. You and this, and I want to apply this directly to to, I mean, everybody involved in in illegal immigration and the government, everything. If you don't have people teaching Hitler Youth in the late nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you don't have any Nazis, yeah. the Einstadts in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, if you don't have people pushing for that and that that's what should be in Germany, you, you don't get a generation that thinks that way. 
that never happens. I've seen interviews with, uh, I guess you could call them recovered Nazis who, you know, grew up in the Hitler youth who grew up doing that, who, who grew up with their teachers saying, you have to worship Adolf Hitler and the state and all these things. And that that's, that's how they grew up. And you can hardly really blame them for thinking that way after that's all they've ever been told. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily their fault. And in the same way, when illegal immigrants get here, you can't really blame them for taking advantage of laws that exist before they got here. Asylum existed before they got mm-hmm. here. Welfare existed before they got here. All of these things were already there. You can't hold them mm-hmm. responsible for that. Yep. Let, we can hold responsible for the people who are already fucking here and the people who are the cowards in the three percenter and all these other movements who don't want to do anything about it. Because the bottom line is you, we're talking about voting and which is going to change the world more, your vote or a fucking bullet? Well, obviously the I, latter. Yeah. But at, at the same time, the, the welfare system is designated for the citizenry. The welfare right. system shouldn't exist. It shouldn't no, I know that. I, I, don't, I don't agree with again, it whatsoever. Again, again, again. <laughs> I mean, if that didn't exist, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a magnet for... <laughs> again, again, we, we can... We can go back to, to the culpability of the welfare system. The farm subsidies and the corporate welfare of corporate subsidies are far, far, far greater than the, than the welfare. Oh, given yeah, to without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> why, why aren't people rallying against farm subsidies and corporate subsidies? Oh, yeah. Well, do. Don't even in Wisconsin, don't even try and point out the most corn farmers make all their money with the corn, not from actual sales, but from government subsidies. Cause the moment you do, you, you're just, Oh, you just, you just don't understand. You don't understand what it's like. Well, I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same argument that an inner city single mother will make about her welfare too. So you're not a welfare whore because yeah, I got, I got a, I got a stack of $1 bills to support. Well, moms. see, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a little bit of a difference there. Is that the fact? The fact that the farmer actually produces something? No, other than no, other than most, children. Mo, no, most <laughs> no, they don't. most farm subsidies. Most farm subsidies go to go to farmers to pay them not to grow things, right, so that the, so that the 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 yeah, so the, the, they price, can, the, the prices price can the be artificially high. Artificially high. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. they again are being paid to do nothing. It's the scarcity factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, they're the same level of welfare whore as the inner city mother that with one kid. The difference is, the real big difference is, one is going to have a way bigger impact on your wallet than another is. Mm-hmm. And it's not the one that the threepers and all of the right wing want to pretend that it is. Just the same as soldiers in the military industrial complex, just the same as, as uh, General Dynamics and Boeing and... Um, Lockheed Martin and um, I mean, Colt for that matter. And mm-hmm. in, in situ and all of these other companies that build military hardware, they're a way bigger drain on your wallet than, than a hundred thousand welfare families would be. And they do it in a month. Whereas the welfare family would do it in a year. Or the hundred thousand welfare families would do it in a year. So number one, remember who's the bigger drain on your wallet. And number two, 
Remember who's the bigger threat to everything. Number three, remember that the bigger drain on your wallet is calling the, causing the smaller drain on your wallet right now. And the lastly, again, if you really have that big of an issue, the bottom line is this is tyranny. Stealing all this money from you is tyranny. And all of these people that want to speak out against it, no one actually wants to do a damn thing. <laughs> Unless they're in France, and then suddenly they care. Yeah, well, imagine if the French actually had guns. Yep. Oh, it yep. we and wouldn't even it wouldn't even last over by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't even last a week. That that whole thing it would already be over. Yeah, we wouldn't be watching it if yeah, they, they had, had dragged. Ma- they would have dragged Macron out into the fucking public square and blew his brains out. Exactly. Oh, God, dude, I want to see him on that freaking guillotine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously, uh, dude, he's a scumbag. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna borrow that guillotine. <laughs> well, see, the funny thing is, is that like he's a total globalist, and he used the fucking World War One ceremony to say that uh, was it patriotism is uh, treason to your. What is it? He said something about it's like betrayal. Uh, like nationalism and patriotism aren't the same thing, and essentially, it was like um, nationalism is a bit. Uh, Betrayal to patriotism or something along those lines. Uh, I'm looking it up. And I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And that's like some fucking Orwellian bullshit because essentially patriotism and nationalism are synonymous with each other. And um, it means, you know, like Thomas Paine said, he said the duty of a patriot is to protect the, your nation and your people from the government. Yeah. Well, and remember, I mean, World War One happened because of nationalism and hyper-nationalism. That's what caused World War One. Bottom line, it's hyper-nationalism. And, that is the, and that's what was drummed up to keep World War One going when everyone wanted to just give up and say, can we all just go home? All these things. That's, that's what kept it going was hyper-nationalism. But for the fatherland, for the motherland, for American freedom. Let's see. Uh, okay, uh, McCarn said, uh, patriotism is the exact opposite of nationalism. Nationalism yep. is the betrayal of patriotism. By saying our interests first, we erased what a nation holds dearest, what gives it life, what gives it grace, and what is essential, its moral values. But... Patriot, the same fucking thing, man. It's and a nation. See, this is the distinction I make: is that a nation doesn't have to be a state. It's people with a shared culture, with a shared language, with a shared value system. That's essentially a nation. Like the Iroquois nation was a nation without a state. Yeah, patriotism is defined as the quality of being being patriotic, vigorous support for one's country. And I got to look up nationalism now. Nationalism, patriotic feeling principles or efforts. An extreme form of this, especially my advocacy for political independence. For a particular country, I'm really failing to see the difference. Yeah, I see yeah. no difference between. Well, the that's two. the whole thing. He's a he's a globalist, and he put that in Or- Orwellian terms to. I don't know what the purpose was. Maybe to fucking brainwash people that are you know dumb enough to 
by that line, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the one, uh, one of the synonyms for nationalism is uh, xenophobia. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, I mean, if yeah. you're a nationalist, you're essentially a Nazi anymore after World War II. Mm-hmm. Well, even before that, I mean, that's kind of why Nazism grew. Is is it? played to xenophobic tendencies and to nationalist tendencies and realistically well, had- in order to in order to be a nationalist you have to be terrified of the outside other that's not part of your nation that has to be a thing because otherwise why be proud of your country unless there's this outside other that that you're scared of that that's well you wrong. have to understand the context within which that took place because you have the bolshevik revolution taking place in russia and that's marching fucking west towards germany they're seeing the hall of dormar take place in the ukraine and the oppression of the ukrainians and they see that moving towards their doorstep so they're like okay well we can either succumb to international socialism and revolution all over fucking europe or we can defend our nation and people were like okay lock and load the nazis were socialists too that's what nazi means they said or i know that we can be socialists in the name of the white race and that was their argument like, literally, if you read Mein Kampf and you read through it, the only argument that Hitler has that his version of socialism is different than what's happening in the Soviet Union right now is, but ours is only for Germans. Otherwise, well, yeah, it's of identical. Course. <laughs> well, see, there was a exactly. huge difference, though even, though, even though it is socialism, and I'm not agreeing with Nazism, but at the same time, you have to look at when Hitler took over after the collapse of the Weimar Republic, he put three million people back to work within the few first few years he was in office instituted the uh, what was the reichmark or whatever that was backed by german labor which built the autobahn and built volkswagen and everything else you know in terms of german industry but that is but that, that is you just, you just you just championed the broken window fallacy yeah exactly he didn't he didn't put anybody back to work stealing a bunch of money out of an already ailing economy put people back to work magically evaporating the previous debt because he said no i'm just not going to pay it that erased the national debt and put people back to work. None of it was creating any wealth or anything. He was pulling it. He had to invade Czechoslovakia. He had to invade Poland. He had to invade the Ukraine to support the empire because he was sucking so much money out of the economy. The only way he was going to get more is to steal it from everybody else, which is exactly what he did. He, re- he, redistrib- he redistributed it. Yeah, the whole reason for the for Operation Barbarossa was to go after the oil in the Caucasus to steal it because they couldn't produce their own or import their own anymore. So well, yeah, they got they, that they got that through Standard Oil. They needed it. They they needed the oil from the Caucasus, and they weren't planning on paying for it. They're just going to steal it. That isn't how you make an economy work. That's the same thing that collapsed the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire depended so heavily on invading and conquering and taking over because it was a locust. It was mm-hmm. a horde of locusts. All it could do was attack and suck out everything that it could eat everything in its path. And then once it was done, it had to move on or it would starve. Nazi Germany was the same way. The Soviet union was the same way. And you see that with the Soviet union, you see that with Germany. Once they stopped being able to keep grabbing new shit, from other people, Venezuela, you, they turn into Venezuela. 
they they collapse. They have hyperinflation. They have the exact same kind of inflation that they had during the Weimar Republic. They have exactly the same problems. Everybody, everything collapses. They have no food. Everything implodes on itself because it's not a sustainable economic model. Socialism simply doesn't work. Whether you call it Nazism or you want to call it hypernationalism or you want to call it communism or a Soviet, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It has to function only as a locust that grabs and eats everything. And that's all Hitler did is he took every last ounce of what was there and what was left and viable, sucked it out, redistributed it the way he saw fit, and then had to go grab more because otherwise he would have just collapsed the economy. Well, see, the only way that you can implement socialism and have it work with any semblance of fucking like um, it doesn't it doesn't work. No, no. Well, just hear me out. Hear me out. You have to have like a capitalist, like private enterprise to fuel that. Like like China, for example, like they have a huge private fucking enterprise that works for the state, essentially, but they function independent of the state in a sense. (laughs) To make to make fucking money for the state, and how Pe- many people you know, how in many- China? Hold up, pe- people in China right now are having to submit nudes of themselves for as, loans as, as security to get a loan. Oh well, like, I'm not saying China. I'm not saying China's like some fucking. I I'm not touing China. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the only reason why it functions the way it does, China, like China, with any any kind China of semblance fun- of. China functions functioning. because of U.S. consumerism. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's because they have an industrial base to do it. Like, yeah, you but China, they have a private enterprise to do it. Yeah, but China doesn't function because of its own private enterprise. China functions because of America's private enterprise. China right now is the locust feeding off of the wheat field of the U.S. and has well, been yeah. for a long time. So that's why China is the way it is. A country cannot insulate itself from its neighbors become socialist and be successful case in point cuba and venezuela yeah so no all hitler did was go i don't want their brand of socialism i don't want to be beholden (laughs) to them i want the nazis to take over because then it's about german socialism and we're just going to take from everybody else for germans that's what it was about and it was still it was still nationalism and it still resulted in the deaths of hundreds of millions of people globally mm-hmm. i mean plain and simple there is no good thing about hitler period like yeah okay so the guy had occasional great ideas but even a broken clock is right twice a day <laughs> by sheer random <laughs> Like that entire empire was doomed to fail and was pure evil beginning to end plain and simple and deserve to be destroyed. Now the outcome of world war two sucks because a lot of it's bad for the world going forward. But the fact that the Nazis were obliterated doesn't really keep me up at night. Okay. So would we, would you say the same about Israel if that happened to Israel? I don't think Israel <laughs> is going to get obliterated. No, because they have the same amount of shit where they point. can nuke everybody else with their fucking yeah. secret arsenal of nukes. I think they, they are in a fucking haven't declared. They're not going to get obliterated at all. But I think that if, I, if that happens, but if, if there was a country that I could compare to Nazi Germany, 
they're pretty close. You can compare. You can compare every country to Nazi Germany. Yeah, I would compare every country to Nazi Germany right now. I mean, everything. There's, there's not. There's not one free country on the planet. I mean, a free country is a, is, is an oxymoron. Yeah, so, but I mean, what you, country you know what is saying. more of a parasite than Israel? I'm sorry, but like they they suck <laughs> fucking money out of us in terms of billions. They suck money out of all the countries in fucking in, in Europe in terms of Germany, Poland, all these the countries. US, the they say are still culpable for fucking dollars. World War II that's happened seventy something years ago. The U.S. is twenty one trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, amazing how and, you know a lot of a lot of those billions so much military aid. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what they 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 were they were uh, Rand Paul was like the only dude to stand against the thirty-eight billion dollar ten-year package that we're giving Israel mm-hmm. in terms of aid when they have a fully functioning economy. Yeah, and, and I don't uh, think we have any business giving them a damn thing. I think they will either stand or fall entirely on their own. I do and that's think how it should be stand on their own, but. Well, I they, also they, think I that, mean, they would stand there on their own because they're the only fucking country left in the Middle East, essentially, with a functioning economy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because, that, I mean, I, Iran and all those yes. other countries have been had sl- sanctions slapped on them. Well, a lot of that's human rights violations. And don't get me wrong, the Israel has its share as well, but a lot of that's because Just of human a little rights bit. violations. It's not like <laughs> their surrounding countries are innocent little angels no, either. No, absolutely that's, not. <laughs> I, I I would I wouldn't say that in the least bit, but I mean like you know where where do we draw the line in terms of criticism here? Like I, I get I get I get I get shit for criticizing them, and people are like, oh well, you hate Jewish people, and I'm like, no, it has absolutely nothing to fucking do with that. I will criticize like, any government, period. I don't care who it is or where it is. It's a government. That's all I need to know. It's a bunch of people well, exactly. who can dictate to other people how to live by for- coercive force make them live a certain way, steal from them at will, everything else, and I'm going to oppose that, and I don't care who the hell it is or where the hell it is. Well, see, my whole my whole thing in terms of comparing that, them to, to Nazi Germany is the whole ethno-state aspect and their apartheid policies is that there is a very... I'm not saying everybody in Israel is like this because I know there's liberal Israelis, there's you know very conservative Israelis, there's you know it, there's a whole spectrum within that country. I'm not saying that everybody in that country thinks the same, just like the United States. And with that being said, there is a subgroup within the Zionist movement that is super, super supremacist. Yeah. But you see that in the U.S. too. You see all kinds of Zionism. Yeah, but it's well. I mean, yeah. I mean, both parties bow to Zionism. You know, conservative or liberal. It's like if you don't, you know, toe the Zionist line, you don't get into government. Like, uh, who was it? Cynthia McKinney said that if you don't make the pledge to APAC, you can't even get into Congress. <sighs> yeah, that's all. Gov- government. But the whole thing is that, like, they have. I'm not saying that I support this, but like they have a hardcore immigration policy. Like they deport people back to Africa that are like Ethiopian Jews. You know what I mean? Because they don't want them there because they're not white Jews. Yeah, and I, I haven't heard of any of that necessarily, but I don't doubt that it happens. Either way, though. Oh no, it was in. It was there was uh, newspaper reports about it all like this past summer. 
but either the way, Israeli, because oh, people were like the Israeli lobbies support mass immigration in the United States, but they're kicking Ethiopians out of their out of their own country. And like, you know, they're shooting Palestinians at the border and shit. But then, okay, you know, so, so are you saying that they're not wanting to have immigrants is wrong? Uh, no, what I'm saying is their policies that they take in terms of thwarting immigration are fucking totally, like, way overboard. Oh, you mean they're hypocrites, too? Yeah. Yeah. They're all hypocrites. So, all right, I, I, we're at, like, two hours now, but uh, I really want to bring up this article just for the, for the LOLs. <laughs> You're already laughing, Andrew. I haven't even read it yet. I know. I just, I know if it's just for the lulls, it's going to be great. <laughs> Georgia Police Department asking residents to provide firearm serial numbers. <laughs> it's going to work well in Georgia. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good luck with that. The Chatham County Police Department is asking. Laughs and Ghost Gunner. <laughs> the Chatham County Police Department is asking residents to provide serial numbers to firearms in order to help police find them if they are stolen. <laughs> oh, it's for your own good. It's, it's for your own <laughs> Yeah, uh, WTGS reports that numerous guns uh, are stolen in the county. 90 have been stolen since February 2018 alone. CCPD Captain Daniel Flood said, quote, Unfortunately, we have seen a big increase in the number of guns that have been stolen from unlocked cars, from burglaries, and that type of thing. He added, About a third of them don't have serial numbers. The gun owners don't record the serial numbers. Flood is asking county residents to provide their serial numbers via a database so wow. that if their guns are stolen, police will have the information. He says they will enable police to find the gun if it's taken to a pawn shop in another county or state. Nice front to slip in through the fucking front door and, uh, yeah. you know, have people register their fucking guns under the name of... Uh, well, we're trying to save your, you know, so you're, you're not held culpable if, uh, you know, somebody gets <laughs> murdered with your gun. Yeah. You know, we're not gonna get, we're never gonna use it to come to your house and take your well, fucking guns away from you, though. Yeah. yeah, it's totally. This is totally for your own good. <laughs> and like, your own fuck, safety. Dude? In no way will this ever, ever be used by yeah. us for anything else. <laughs> Hold on, Scout's and this, honor. And this, this, this. We're one, just this looking one's... out for your best interests, as always. Yeah, this one. <laughs> this one's from the Denver Post. This one's from the Denver Post. As border as Boulder assault weapon ban looms, authorities have certified 85 firearms. <laughs> Not even a hundred. Boulder police have certified 85 assault weapons to residents with less than a month to go before all such firearms will be verified or removed from the city. A ban on the sale or possession of assault weapons, high capacity magazines, and bump stocks was passed unanimously in May by the Boulder City Council. Guns already old. Guns already owned by residents were grandfathered in. Council gave residents until the end of the year to obtain a certificate. Certification is not a registry. The department keeps quote no <laughs> records or paperwork of any kind. The only so information. Hold on, hold on. The only information they have is a handwritten count. Said Boulder Police Sergeant David Spriggs. Eighty-seven oh, sure. have been issued to the date. Two of those were redundancies for the same weapon shared between a husband and wife. Uh, following, yeah, a resident, follow, that, right? yeah, following a resident request, quote, we have agreed to do that, Spriggs said. Quote, we have taken common sense, reasonable approach. 
I would say we're not going to extend it beyond America. But... <laughs> no, we definitely, definitely don't keep any records, though. We promise. No. In no way oh. are we asking for all this detailed information from you. In fact, it's all irrelevant. We just keep a and record you... number of you have X amount. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and you can trust us because we're so trustworthy. Yeah. But in that case, my stun <laughs> serial numbers are one through thirty-five. Just zeros one through thirty-five. Just leave it at that. <laughs> that's, that's all they are. The, what make oh. is, are they? They're uh <laughs> that's all right. I got I got one more. I got one more and I just I'd be, I like, I'd be glad it. to provide you with serial numbers if any of them had any. Yeah, yeah exactly. If any of them, <laughs> any of them had, I got I got one more. I got one more, and you guys are absolutely gonna lose it at the first paragraph. Oh god. Right, this one's from the Washington Times. Federal appeals court upholds New Jersey's law limiting gun magazine capacity. This this one paragraph, just hold on. I uh, <laughs> a federal appeals court Wednesday upheld New Jersey's law restricting the sale of firearm magazines to 10 rounds, saying it doesn't run afoul of the Second Amendment and will help save lives by giving victims more time to flee while a shooter reloads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, no. Oh my god. I had I had point zero zero one five more seconds and that saved my life. <laughs> Fucking idiots. That's not how this works. That's not how not any of this works. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, pee yourself. And then the you know the yeah. uh, the, the perpetrator will uh, like, be sure to fucking uh, you know declare will, yourself grant, grant you compassion. Yeah, will help <laughs> save lives by giving victims more time to flee while the shooter reloads. As if criminals are going to follow the law. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm actually like I'm gonna have to do my own video of tactical reloads with ten round mag because I have a bunch of ten round mag. I'm gonna have to do my own video of it and just show just how fast that is mm -hmm. of a reload between ten round mags. Like have, if you honestly I have, I have think ten round it, mags, but I would sh I would show you, but it's cold in here and they look small and. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the state law the state law passed earlier this year permits no more than 10 rounds to be held with a firearm it exempts active duty members of the military and police as well as retirement law enforcement permitting them to carry semi-automatic handguns that hold 15 rounds of ammunition oh this applies to pistols too yeah oh yeah it's like new york it's like new york state, new this york state is i think it's like max like seven rounds so 1911 yeah. Yeah, because everybody knows that once you have eight rounds, you're just going to become a maniac and start shooting people. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, another Sandy Hook could happen. <laughs> God, <Yeah>. Lord. <laughs> New, quote, New Jersey's law reasonably fits the state's interest in public safety and does not constitutionally burden the Second Amendment right to self-defense in the home. Wrote U.S. wrote Third U.S. District Court of Appeals Patty Schwartz, an Obama appointee. What a surprise! Yeah, seriously. <sighs> Schwartz said the Schwartz said um, a limit on magazines doesn't take any guns out of the Americans' hands, so it doesn't limit the number. And said it also doesn't limit the number of rounds available. Someone could purchase three ten-round magazines, giving them equivalent of now of the of the two now banned fifteen-round magazines. So what does it matter then? <sighs> because they have to reload now in between. Yeah, and well, they don't understand how guns work. 
No, I, not at all. I just, <laughs> it's like you feel like taking them aside and explaining. You understand these are not M1 Garands, right? These aren't. Yeah, right. They're, they're, they're <laughs> like I'm not having to shove. This isn't. This isn't a car 98. This isn't like this isn't a, a, a SMLE. It's not bolt action. I don't have to push the rounds in individually. Mm-hmm. Or in like a stripper clip, like this. This is a magazine, a removable box. Like I can just out in done. Like I, yep. I like just even don't. even even a slow like when you're, when you're first learning how to use a handgun, even a slow reload time is what a second a second and a half. Yeah, maybe a little longer, but maybe you know, two seconds. On the person. Yeah, maybe, exactly. maybe maybe it's, it's, two it's, it's seconds. Not, it's it's not that much of a difference though. Like you know what I mean. It's not. It's not that much of a difference where it's gonna fucking like. I mean, in a close quarters situation, like how the fuck are you gonna get away in two seconds? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not gonna. It just means that you have a quick hesitation of, and then you die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's that's all that means. It's... I mean, it takes it takes the fastest man alive, the fastest man alive, Usain Bolt. It took him what six and a half seconds to run 100 meters. Yeah, right. yeah, and he's the fastest man alive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, government well, is retarded. I mean, you know, to put this in perspective, okay, in August of 1966, August first, 1966, Charles Whitman, the night before having stabbed his mother and his wife to death, climbs a clock tower. University of Texas with a bolt action Remington 700. No removable <laughs> magazine. This is an internal magazine. Five um, rounds. Five rounds. Yeah. This guy proceeds to kill 16 people and yep. injure 31 over the course of about an hour and a half. Um, the, the kid at UC, UCLA or UC Santa Barbara, the kid that was rejected by the girl. Uh, and the Parkland shooter, uh, as well as the <sighs> Columbine shooters, all use 10 round magazines. Fully legal, 10 rounds. Yep, just saying. And it doesn't even take much practice to swap out 10 round magazines quickly. Oh, it's easy. It's absolutely easy. And especially, especially if you got something like, um, uh, like, like a, a Glock with a. Uh, flared magwell yeah so easy 10 round mag i mean even even subcompact guns that only have 10 round mags and mm-hmm. that's it you can swap those fuckers really really quick with really really minimal uh amounts of delay with you know basically no practice like a, yeah. a person who's watched a few movies knows how it works and can figure it out. Mm. You're not saving anyone. You're not improving anything. All you're doing is infringing on freedom unduly with, without even the excuse of actual safety. It's security theater again. It's just theater. Yeah. You're just putting on this, this big theater. And the fact that 85 people registered their freaking guns, man. 85. 80, 87, 87. Or 87, oh, one, one, uh, one was a duplicate. Or two were duplicates. Yeah, two so eight, eight, so eight, eighty-five. Yeah, eighty-five firearms, eighty-five guns. So that's eighty-five cowards. Yeah, yeah. 
cow. And, and what, what's, what's the population of Boulder? Uh, Boulder, Colorado is. Uh, Boulder, Colorado has a population of. I don't know, I have to go on the freaking Wikipedia page and find out. Some some theme music. Well, isn't um? I think Boulder is kind of like a liberal area, though, isn't it? Um, let's see. Boulder is because I mean it might be uh, eighty-five nine, liberal nine, gun owners. Uh, the <laughs> um. The city the city is ninety seven thousand three hundred eighty five. So it's now much bigger than lacrosse uh-huh. is. So and you that's five idiots. Yeah, so that's just that's the, the city. The city itself is ninety seven thousand people. The metropolitan area is three hundred and thirteen thousand. So it's no small area. Uh but only so like the only the residents of the actual city, ninety seven thousand three hundred eighty five. So ninety seven thousand three hundred people. Good. Uh-huh. Didn't, didn't turn in, didn't, didn't register, or I'm sorry, didn't certify. Right. Their air. Exactly. And that's the thing is you can't tell me there are that few guns. So there are plenty of people who have a pair of balls and truly. Well, believe I mean, yeah. what was it? What was it last year? Last year. Yeah, in, uh, the ratio. La- last year in Connecticut, they banned the, uh, or the, the bump stock or the, the bump stocks. And like two, yeah. pe- two people turned them in. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious now that we got this old Trump sponsored, let's rattle that cage. Donald Trump decided <laughs> to ban bump stocks in the name of safety over liberty. And now how many of these FUDs are gonna go ahead and turn it in? Because you have plenty of FUDs, you have plenty of cowards yep. going, yep. well, but bump stocks are only range toys anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but that really it's not a it's not a bill of needs, is it? It's a bill of rights. I have a right um, to that. And to pick, to but I mean, like, when you to, allow them to encroach on one assistant, then it's like, where does the break out the fucking line? Yep, exactly. So to, to to piggyback on that right now, this is perfect, absolutely perfect. I was I I jumped on Facebook to to look at something real quick, um, and there is a picture posted by uh, Luis Fernando Mises, uh, at the the feed the need rally in Texas yesterday, where they they're feeding the homeless. They did not get harassed by the police. Why? Because they had freaking firearms, they were walking around with AR strapped to their back and sidearms. That's why they did not get harassed by the police. Yep, exactly. So again, three percenters, you're a bunch of fucking cowards. Yep. <laughs> you just don't understand. It's four. It's four D chess. Yeah, I had I had a freaking. Uh, three percenter, three per type person on a forum try and sit there and tell me, oh, well, but you don't need them anyway because they're just range toys and they're just a waste. Well, I'm not going to debate whether or not bump stocks are fucking retarded because they are. They are retarded, but absolutely. But It doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. What matters is it's an infringement. It's so infringing. Yeah. 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 yeah, well, you yeah. don't... It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. We'll do fucking due process later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, the, the exact the exact same as the no fly no buy, exactly. Or, or ma- the magazine the magazine limits, or you know whatever else. I mean, if <sighs> well, and it it got to the point where I asked uh, I, I asked actually her. I said, or no, actually it was the guy. 
I asked him, I said, so when you bend over for the government, do you at least make them spit on it first or do you just let them go in straight dry? He lubricates it with tax money. Yeah, just like, Jesus, like you're bending over so much for the government and going, oh, no, it's okay. I don't really need this. Oh, no, it's okay. I don't really need this. You know what? We did that with the NFA. We did that with the GCA. We're doing that now with the bump stocks and everything else. And you guys sit there and you pretend. It will be the it will be the same way when when the government pushes or when the government passes. They're they're not they're not only going to push; they're going to pass. Not not with not in the next two years, but either Trump's next term or if a Democrat gets into office, they're going to pass a universal background check. Oh yeah, I will mark it. Uh, December 9, two thousand eighteen, eight nineteen p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I said it. It's gonna. It's, it'll happen. Yeah, and it will, and it definitely freaking will. And they're gonna bend over for that, and they're gonna just keep bending over yeah, for they it. Will, they will justify it. Oh, you want crazy people and, and illegal immigrants to have guns? Blah 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 blah. It's it's yep. it's the it's the same argument every single freaking time. Yeah, like exactly. I am. I am happy. I am happy. Emmett Bundy denounced this movement and left them. Oh yeah, I mean, I wish he hadn't deleted all his social media accounts. So you try I to agree. I agree completely. Well, I mean, if you think of it from a um, uh, chess standpoint, right? People were ready to fucking revolt under Obama, right? So, what do you do to mitigate yep. the? This is this is um, this is something this is possible, something that, that we talked about on here revolution. before. This is something. This yeah. is absolutely something we talked about on this show before on how Trump is a plant. Trump, Trump was Trump, Trump was an appeasement, and yeah, exactly. Yep, because if yeah. Hillary, and, and look how many Hillary, people fucking yeah. stood on because of it. If Hillary came into office, if Hillary would have came into office, oh, I'm sure there probably would have been, been a revolution. It would have been business as usual. <laughs> we all know what Hillary would have done. We all know what she would have got us into, and the panic buying of ammo and firearms would have continued. The militia movement would have still grown. The sagebrush rebellion would have continued. Like people, people would have still been getting angry, still pushing. Yeah, but, but you know, you what? Get, I think people hated get, her so much uh-huh. that there actually would have been a fucking violent revolution. Uh-huh. Yes, but you get Trump into office, and now he's going to do an executive order on on bump stocks. He's passed all these tariffs. He's talking about building a freaking border wall. No. He's, let, he's, me just say, you know, let me just say this because executive order only applies to government. Yeah. So I don't understand how you can pass an executive order that applies to the citizens. Well, no, no, no. He signed, well, his executive order would be ordering the government to ban them, order, ordering the ATF to ban pump stocks. Okay. I guess that's a loophole. Yeah. So, because it's but, really like executive orders were only meant to mm-hmm. um, apply to government in and of itself. Well, executive orders are unconstitutional anyway. Yeah. But I mean, who gives Well, a no, they had they had executive orders when Washington was around. As far as I understand, but it was for like minimal shit. It was just like you know, whatever. It wasn't anything like that was supposed to like restrict the rights of the people. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, back back to my back to my point about Trump getting into office and Trump ordering all this stuff that is tyrannical and it is oppressive and it does violate the rights of other people. And the 3%, the, the Patriots, the, his voting base, 
are a majority defending their own oppression because he has an R behind his name and because he's better than Hillary. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. There's still, still to this day, you try and call Trump out on something, they will still accuse you initially of, oh, well, would you prefer Hillary? Well, no, I, I would prefer no nobody try to rule me. That's what I would prefer. Why does my opposing yeah, move, one guy move automatically move Yeah, move like Somalia. Well, I mean, if, which, you, if, which, if, okay. if you challenge that narrative, then you're a libtard. Yeah. Even if yeah. you're fucking way yeah, more conservative you, than they'll ever be. They'll tell you to move to Somalia if you don't like this country. <laughs> right? And then denounce immigration to the U.S. because... They didn't like their own country. Yeah, exactly. Oh, why don't you move if you don't like? And that, and they'll ignore that too. They'll ignore that Trump is planning on building this giant wall, and is also simultaneously telling all these other countries they're obligated to keep the people in their own countries to restrict their own immigration outside of their nations. And it's like, and you, you're not putting two and two together here. This isn't, you're not following at all. Like the whole Berlin wall thing at all. This isn't, you're not seeing that, that that's, that's the goal here. Like, seriously, like, how do you not see that? <laughs> like, yeah. it's so freaking obvious. Well, I mean, like the obvious solution, one of the obvious solutions to the immigration issue is that if you end the fucking drug, drug war, that mitigates a lot of the bullshit because mm-hmm. then there's fucking, you know, like then the cartels aren't making mm-hmm. tons of fucking money and, you know, all this shit. And that had that involves, you know, a lot of the intelligence agencies anyway because they're all in bed with the cartels and everything. Mm-hmm. And well, there, there's a lot of different things that come along with the immigration issue in terms of human trafficking, drug trafficking, mm-hmm. all, all this shit. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that at the same time, if it wasn't for government, and intelligence, the intelligence agencies that are within government, a lot of those things wouldn't be such a fucking issue. Well, yeah, uh, pro- pro- prohibition on freedoms creates violent and highly profitable black markets. Well, that's what I mean. And you know who runs those black markets are the intelligence agencies because that's how they fund their black budgets. Well, the irony is that the same people who will sit there and tell you all day how you know the prohibition of alcohol was such a stupid idea and it was never going to work very clearly and everything else they completely ignore that well but if it's another chemical substance other than alcohol that everybody wants the exact same principles apply like yeah. it, it wasn't limited to just alcohol it isn't just alcohol that's that way yep. it's it's everything everything is that way well well pot kills people blah 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 and reefer madness yeah exactly people oh. still hold on to that they still hold mm-hmm. on to the reefer madness ideas they still hold on to this idea that the pot's going to make you this horrible, crazy person. They still hold on to the idea that the only people who smoke pot are, are loose women who dance with those colored folk. And, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's their ideas is that it's these, these teenagers who listen to way too much Bob Marley and that it's, and they ignore the fact that like guys like Elon Musk smoke pot. Uh, and then, and he got, and um, his projects got audited by, uh, yeah, by it, NASA, by, by NASA, yeah, because it was because, completely unrelated because, because he smoked pot, like literally because he smoked pot with Joe Rogan, he yeah. got audited by NASA. Didn't like fucking his like um his stocks took a dive too. 
Uh-huh. As far as I know, like a lot of people like fucking stop supporting him because he fucking smoked the joint. Like, well, wow. Even, even <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was, was right after, right after he, the interview, um, the SEC security exchange commission, yeah. uh, found him guilty of trade or stock manipulation because he, he put out, he put out this, this, um, uh, tweet or something like that and it caused the stock to stock to to, to rise really high and uh-huh. um and like that was so that was like, too, yeah, like, like that, manipulating the market yeah that was like he said he did that hey why doesn't the sec go after the people that really manipulate the market through like things like regis- legislation and war and all these fucking things that they profit off of like you know the congress people in congress that are allowed to do ins- insider trading and then because you know, you, cou- you couple insider trading with uh, being able to profit off of fucking, um, you know, the military industrial complex <laughs> stocks, which they're invested because, in. Because and then you start the, a war because, and, hey, because my stocks went through the fucking roof. Because without the mega corporations, the government would not have the power that it does. And because exactly. and without the without the government having the power that it does, the mega corporations would not exist. Yeah, there's well, symbiotic yeah, relationship. Mega That's corporations like, wouldn't exist because corporations are an extension of the state. They're licensed right. by the state. Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? They're enabled yeah, and they're supported ar- by ar- the state. Yeah. And given they're, artificial monop- by the state. they're artificial monopolies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's what people like when like, when I tell people that I'm, I'm pro-capitalism, they're like, well, what, you support like corporations and stuff. I'm like, dude, that's totally like artificial. Like that's a that's an entity of the state. It's licensed through the state. It's given limited liability through the state. Like if it's under true capitalism, it's entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So like, it's majority small business. Yep. Like, perfect that's what example. I support. Okay. Perfect example. Perfect example of, of the marriage of corporation and state. Here in California, we have PGE, Pacific Gas and Electric. Yep. That is our government sanctioned oh. uh, utility monopoly. They have had three separate incidents in the last few years um, where multiple people have been killed because of PGE. The, the San Bruno gas line explosion. Um, uh, just just south of Oakland, that that killed. I want I want to say like eighteen people. Um, destroyed a whole bunch of houses. The fire that went through the wine region of Napa and Santa Rosa, uh, like f- multiple hundred. I think it was like five hundred thousand acres last year. Killed a bunch of people. Uh, the recent fa- fire in Paradise, the campfire. Uh, eighty-eight people were killed in that fire. Um, something like like. <coughs> 13,000 homes, literally a 27,000 population town um, destroyed. Like literally, like literally 90% of the town is destroyed. And um, guess who's a major shareholder of PG&E? And, and hold on, and, and, and that was caused by a PG&E transformer blowing. Yep. Well, um, guess who's a major early, shareholder? In, yeah, in, in, in September, in September, the state of California passed a bill signed by liberal Democrat uh, Governor Jerry Brown allowing PG&E to raise its rates to cover the cost of the lawsuit from the Napa Santa Rosa fire last year. Well, aren't they? Didn't something come out that they're like already declared not liable for Uh, the the California, the, the, the state attorney general, the California state attorney general came out in a public statement and said that if PGE is exp- uh, uh, is found guilty of causing this campfire that they do not want them to go bankrupt. 
because they are a um uh, what what do they call it um uh, not 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 too big to fail but they are a a priority public utility or something like that is, is what the the term was huh yeah yeah, but, but if you it's, go it's, it's, cap- it's capitalist, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, if you get rid of government, then big businesses would just take over. Yeah, no. Uh, government is what enables big, big businesses yeah. to take over. <laughs> That's and, what people don't understand. Like, you know, socialists and, big, and communists and that business? I've fucking debated, yeah. like, they're like, uh-huh. oh, well, without the state, you know, it would just be monopoly corporations, like privatizing everything. And I'm like, um, actually they wouldn't be able to stay afloat because people wouldn't support businesses that do fucking corrupt business practices. Like corporations do to to quote, to quote Derek J Freeman. Uh, if Starbucks dropped bombs, I wouldn't shop there. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole thing. They're subject to market forces. There's no safety net. Like in, in, in a real like laissez-faire yeah, there's, capitalist system. There's no, there's no culpability when it comes to these large mega corporations that are tied into the state. Well, it's essentially a hybrid of socialism and fascism, like I've you know I've said mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Well, it's just it, I mean, really, it's just fascism because the one of the principal ideas of fascism is that you have a bunch of private corporations, but the state manages them all. And gets to manage them and control them. Yeah, but the socialist aspect is that they're subsidized by the taxpayer. Right. That's still part of fascism because fascism is socialism. I mean, they're they're inexorably the same thing. So they're that's one of the ideas. Like that's what Hitler did is he went to all these companies, these German companies, and said, Well, you're part of the state now, so we're going to give you money to expand your operations. We're going to come to you for things that we need. And we're going to send workers who come to the state for employment to you. And we get to tell you what you get to do and where you get to do. Mussolini, you know, there's a quote by Mussolini and he like pretty much described, he said, fascism is the merger of corporate and state. Uh That's exactly what it is. It's socialism with, a the an even bigger sleight of hand than communism was able to achieve same end but Mm -hmm. just a bigger sleight of hand it's an even more deceptive practice but ultimately the state is still running everything Mm -hmm. and the state is still redistributing wealth from the economy to places it decides it wants to (laughs) which is socialism yeah well i mean it 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 puts on the image of private enterprise but in 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 reality, it's you know managed by the state. So, yep. Kind of like China. But if but if you explain that to a three percenter or a patriot, they'll call you. A oh yeah, a libtard, and you don't understand how how business works. Yeah, the moment that you go, you know what? Trump's just a fascist, the same as everybody else is. Immediately, you're a libtard because you're saying he's literally Hitler. No, I'm saying that he just adheres to the same economic principles as Adolf Hitler did. <laughs> and thinks that the same ones work. I don't give a shit about the rest of it. I'm saying economically, mm-hmm. he's a fascist. Like, now, well, like, now you sound like Antifa. Yeah, <laughs> hey, Antifa. Antifa has more balls than most three percent of patriots. Yeah, they do. Just saying, they maybe not for the right causes, but man, are they at least willing to do something? Little, little, like, little, what, like little attack, like attack, <laughs> like old little old women with bike locks and shit. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying. <laughs> Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with what they're doing. 
but they have more balls than most three percenter Patriots. Most three percenters wouldn't even like risk actually. Well, yeah, I mean, I, on on the just the basis of action alone, yes, but on principle, their their ideas are shit. Oh, absolutely, I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. their, their 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 ideas are shit. But if the three percenter Patriots had balls, and were logically and more and logically consistent, they would have opened fire on the BLM during the standoff at Bundy. Yep, yeah, they would have started shooting. Mm-hmm. But and man, instead, what a different world we'd be in if they did. Oh, instead they waved their flags. Well, see, the whole thing with that though is that, like, once something like that kicks off, that gives the government the ability to go on fucking full tilt, martial law, lock the fucking country down. Uh, no, yeah. no. If you ask the three percent of patriot, they'll tell you that it wouldn't happen that way because the the government, the 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 army and the the police are oath keepers. <laughs> so so what so what so what would they have lost if they opened fire? Yep. They wouldn't have lost anything according to the three percenters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nothing. Yeah. That's why like France isn't bringing in the military right now to face the fucking citizenry, right? Even though they're not armed. <laughs> France. Well, France. France is having a lot of their police and and other people actually join the protesters because well, I know because they're facing the same fucking pressures as the rest of the population yeah. mm-hmm. and more so in a lot of cases because a lot of these people that are protesting yep. make more than the average gendarme. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the un again again the unarmed French protester right now the unarmed what do they call them, the the yellow jackets something like that yeah. the yep. yellow, yellow, yellow 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 vest yellow yep. vest the unarmed yellow vest has more balls than the armed. Three percent of patriot in the United States. Oh, without a fucking doubt. <laughs> and yet again, in the history of the world, the French demonstrate that they care more about liberty than the average American. Mm-hmm. Well, I will see. <laughs> I I was discussing this with somebody because I, if you understand how the Jacobin Revolution came about, which was the French Revolution, that was stemmed from the Bavarian Illuminati, which goes back to Sabbatian Frankism. Mm-hmm. Which was started by the guy who you know proclaimed himself the Jewish Messiah in 1666. If anybody wants to do any investigative research on that, and a lot of the movements like Jacobinism, communism, mm-hmm. all this shit stemmed from that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, even though the Bavarian and Illuminati got broken up, it essentially fucking bled into other things like Freemasonry and all these other fucking groups and infiltrated them, and. Um, controlled them from the top down, like you know the CIA does with all these, um, you know proxy proxy groups we send in the fucking countries to overthrow them. Yep. Yep. But um, yeah, the the roots of the uh, French Revolution was definitely that was engineered. There's a uh, there's a really good uh, discussion topic, a re- really good argument on the difference between the American Revolution and the French Revolution, and yeah. why the American Revolution succeeded where the French Revolution didn't. <laughs> And it, and again and again it ties back to culpability. The American Revolution after the after after the, the the British left or whatever, the founders and and the the the, the patriots uh, in the New World and the, the thirteen colonies, they ended. They stopped. They stopped fighting. Right. They 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 realized that the, that the people here that they needed the people that were here the 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 loyalists the the people that were loyal to England. Um. They needed them here in the 13 colonies. They, they needed the farmers. They needed the doctors. They needed the writers, the teachers, etc. They needed those people to, 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 to form the new country to move forward. Whereas in France, 
they continued they continued the culpability they continued to blame people they continued to hunt down people that were disloyal to the revolution that were the people that fought against the revolution like they wanted to literally salt the earth and and in their lines and, and eliminate them by whatever means necessary and instead of building they continued fighting no I don't know. It's just I don't I don't know what that that, that just it just popped into my head. That was uh, something I read somewhere, but um, but yeah. remember that the French Revolution and the American Revolution have one very important thing in common, which is they are both violent revolutions. It took violence to change the world, and actually, the the French Revolution is something I was just kind of chuckling about to to Lindsay the other night. I said, you know, what's funny is that. Karl Marx co-opted terms from the French revolution. Mm -hmm. The ideas of the proletariat and the bourgeois, those terms are from the French revolution and the bourgeois in the French revolution were not the bad guys. They were the business owners who had a bunch of money who arguably could have been misconstrued to be part of the nobility, but they weren't, they had worked their way there and they were friends of the revolution because they also wanted to keep what they earned. And they wanted to get rid of the aristocracy. And so they helped the revolution. And the bourgeois were actually friends of the French Revolution that was largely driven by the proletariats. And that's what they called themselves. And then Marx comes along and co-ops those terms for bourgeois and proletariat. And yep. I think that's really interesting that he's got to co-op these terms that are really largely in, within the French Revolution context, a revolution of capitalism. And he's got to co-op them <laughs> for socialism because socialism can't even create its own fucking terms. It's got to steal them from someone else too. <laughs> well, that, well, that, like I was saying, all, all that shit, like you know, Marxism and all that stuff stems from um, the same source, same as Jacobinism, because that was like essentially the birth of what would, would later become communism, because it was. Um, you know, re revolution against against the bourgeoisie, um, and the the big difference between the the American Revolution and the French Revolution was that the French the French Revolution was inorganic, you know, because it was engineered. The United States, I mean, the American Revolution may may have been as well, but there were different um, there was a different agenda behind the two. Like the French Revolution, they wanted to change the fucking calendar for like to like a nine day week. Um, just all weird kind of shit that they wanted to do in terms of just like engineering society in a different way in the United, in the United States, it was totally different because it was like, it was Liberty based in an organic sense that people wanted freedom. Like they didn't want to like engineer anything or change anything. They just wanted their freedom. Yeah. Yeah. No. You guys see, the, 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 the tough thing, I uh, just want to say this last <laughs> thing, is that a lot of the time, even though revolutions may start, start out organic, there's people that take advantage of those movements and co-opt them and steer them in whatever direction you know they may want them to be headed in instead of where it would have, would go organically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. well, all right. We've been here for two and a half hours now. You guys got anything else? Nope. Nope. Well, I, I, I just want to jump on this quote real quick. Uh, the, the, the whole thing that we're talking about, that we talked about 
from from the Bundy thing, from the three percenter thing, from the liberal thing, the immigration standpoint, everything, everything we talked about, uh, the lack of balls, everything else. Um, what we're talking about is mindset, right? Uh, big quote from John Adams. Since we're, since we're talking about the revolution, John Adams said, uh, "The revolution was effected before the war before the war com- before the war commenced." The revolution was in the hearts and the minds of the people, a change in their religious sentiment of their duties and obligations. This radical change in the principles, opinions, sentiments, and the affections of the people was the real American revolution. That's, I think that that's that's what we're really talking about here is is the the mindset, the the culture, as as Dan used the word earlier, and is popular with a lot of people today. Um, going back to the teachers going back to the the culpability of the teachers and and the culpability of people that are persistently uh perpetrating the the propaganda of patriotism and nationalism uh and the the, the constitution and the the thin blue line and, and and all these other things um indoctrinating people indoctrinating kids indoctrinating free-minded people into the belief that they have to serve something greater than themselves, that they have to serve this country, that they have to serve the nationalism, that they have to serve an ideology. I think that is what really matters. That is, that is the that is what we need to change before we can change anything else, before we can affect any other change. Well, yeah, because until, that until until the until the mindset is changed, nothing else is going to change. That's because people can't find a sense of self and sense of direction and purpose in their own personal lives. So then they grasp to anything that, that, you know, kind of fulfills that void. Now I I wanted to uh, just throw this quote out here really quick before we end. It says it's useless to wait for a breakthrough, for a revolution, for a nuclear apocalypse, for a social movement. To go on waiting is madness. The, uh, The catastrophe is not coming. It is already here. We are already situated within the collapse of civilization. It is within this reality that we must choose sides. Who's that from? I have no idea. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't say who the author is. It just I I found it on the internet and I was like, oh. wow. Frank 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 Zappa. Bang on. Frank Zappa. Without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. Exactly. So. All right. Well, people guys, are afraid to get out of their comfort zone, so that's kind of what it boils down to. <sighs> that three, that little, that little three percent. That's a, that's a serious comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, you guys got anything else? My ass is sore nope. from sitting in the chair. Yeah. No. I'm, <laughs> the only parting gift I have is just remember the three percenters. All those people. They're playing it soldier and playing it revolutionary. And when it comes down to it, their real allegiances are going to become real, real obvious to everyone. They're they're larpers. Yep. They're larpers, just like just like most of most political movements across the board. They're larpers. All right. There's there's, there's well, a, when I, th- I think when it comes to the there's there's a when few. It comes to the, go sorry, ahead. go ahead, Dan. No. Uh, yeah. I was I was gonna say that there's there's few people that truly believe the things that are coming out of their mouths, and one of them was Ammon Bundy, and they ran him out of they ran him away they they yep. they, li- they literally turned him into a boogeyman. 
because he believed the things that were coming out of his mouth and because he was logically and morally consistent. And they, they ran him off because he wouldn't toe the line. Well, when the rubber meets the road, a lot of these people are going to end up being red coats anyway. So, yep, exactly my point. That's where that's where their allegiances lie with the government, not with the people. And you need to remember that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think on that note, I think we're uh, we're done for the night, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you guys in the chat. Thank you for chiming in and thank you for watching it. Like we never had a zero count on the viewers on this one. Nice. Like I'm, I'm sad. Like we've all, like we had three or four all night long. Uh, so that was absolutely fantastic for us. So on that note, we'll uh, catch you next week, I guess, or the week after. Well, I don't know. We'll see how Derek is feeling. And uh, yeah, peace, love, anarchy.